is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's it. One more. Get arrest! No! They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. Hello, hello, hello! <laughs> we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Live Mouse. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Speedy, the Damn Eater, Petey, and Tyler, Mothball Mania Harrison. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 guys, before we get into our show, uh, Speeder, how was your weekend? Uh, did you uh, see anything unusual this weekend. Are you an alien lover? I, I don't mind. I'm, I have nothing against aliens. Did you see the UFO in the uh, air? Like, a lot of people have spotted one in Texas this weekend. Oh, did weekend. they? No, yes. I didn't hear about that. Well, uh, well it, it's I not, thought I saw something. If it's one something. state away from New Mexico where all the alien chasers are and all those theories have come into effect, so that doesn't surprise me. But if I did Do see... you believe in aliens? I can see it. I don't know if they would have UFO-type capabilities, though. I could see, like, that kind of... I mean, you're sitting right... on another planet. You're sitting right next to an alien, possibly, right now as we speak. Oh. Tyler, a.k.a. Mothball Harrison. How about you, Tyler? Do you believe in aliens or e. your own kinds? Home? I'm sorry? E.T. flown home? <laughs> yeah. You don't believe in aliens? Do, do you... I'm, I'm being honest right now. Do you believe that there are some kind of extra terrestrial uh, type of alien out there uh, that you would like to meet or believe that eventually we will all meet? I think there's aliens, but I don't think there's like those green, purple. I think they look like us. They look like us. Uh-huh. I think they look like us. Well, they have to have something else besides looking like us. Maybe they oh, they're have, much smarter than us. Maybe they have <laughs> an ec- extra, uh, you know, no extra leg. How's that? Or... What? You know, I an think extra all of us have an extra leg. Well, I, I don't know about you. It might be a little bit smaller well, yeah, well, than unusual. What's the default for? <laughs> what is the default for legs on their species? Do they start with four? Do they start with six? Like, what? What's the theory? Do they have an extra leg for us? And they have I don't three? know. But I'm going <laughs> to say this now before I have to say it before the end of the show because I'm sure it's going to get brought up. But fuck our marks. That's what I'm going to mm. say. Well, thank you. Um, like I said, we have a great show lined up for you. Stop uh, lying to at ten thirty, we'll be talking to SB Nation blocking. Uh, for the Cowboys or the Boys, editor and chief manager R.J. Ochoa. How about them Cowboys? Um, at eleven, we will be talking to a Sports Illustrated NFL Draft Bible Assistant Scouting Director and writer Jack Borowski. Yeah. Okay. So two for two. There you go. So uh, we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, we're going to get into this uh, whole MVP saga, which it seems like it's going to be. Uh, the talk of the town for the next four weeks, who is the MVP of the National Football League? Is it Tom Brady 
or Aaron Rodgers? So we'll get into that in just a few moments. We'll get into uh, week 14 and week 15 of the NFL season. Uh, So we'll talk about – what are you laughing at? What's so funny? I don't understand. Uh, So we'll get into uh, this week's – this past week's games, and we'll also get into – um, we'll get into this week's uh, coming up games, and uh, as as the season starts to progress, we're going to start really be t- we're going to really be talking about where some of these teams, if some of these teams are actually going to make the playoffs. AKA the Buffalo Bills looks like mm. uh, could be bounced out of the if they lose oh. next week against the New England Patriots. Uh, I think they lose a the playoff spot. I, I I think there are so many teams that are so close together. Could you imagine that? The Bills in the beginning of the season, I think at one point were five and zero. They were five uh, then and zero. They were five and one. What? Then they were four and zero, four and one, five and one. But yeah, they were the best team in football. They were the best weeks. team in football at one point. You know, really a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Then they lost to Tennessee. It's kind of downhill after that. And and I hate to say this. Now they could if if Josh Allen don't come back. Uh, there's Why a very Josh good Allen chance he, he's in a boot right now. Yeah, he had a foot injury. Yeah, so no, right. if Josh Allen doesn't come back or he, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, uh, that could put Buffalo uh, in a bad position. You don't have faith in Mitch Trubinsky? I'm sorry? You don't have faith in Mitch? I like Mitch. but <laughs> I uh, don't. I do, uh, and I think Mitch could really uh, get his opportunities now uh, for Buffalo if they give him a chance. I think he, he deserves another opportunity. I, I think Chicago really ran him rampant and really didn't put him in a good position to, uh, to uh, succeed. Well, so as we see what's going on with Justin Fields right now. so um, Moral of the Bears, everybody stinks there except for I mean, players. just look at it. <laughs> everybody talks about what the Jets done done in the last couple of years with quarterbacks. Look at Chicago. Oh, they're they, terrible too. <laughs> they they moved up. Don't don't talk about terrible because the Giants haven't been really really good either. So there are a lot of teams that have not drafted very well at the quarterback position. All right. So well, the, Brown, the Browns are obviously number one and worst, and then it's probably the Bears right after that. No, I think it would be the Jets. The Jets would be right after that. In the last really mm. last fifteen years, besides Mark Sanchez and his success no, for the two or three Sanchez, years. No. Sanchez was good for two or three years. Yeah, uh, Jay, so I guess that cancels out with a little bit of Jay Cutler that was there with the Bears. That was probably the best one. Jay, Cutler, that was, they had Jay Rex Cutler is the best Bear quarterback in a decade. I know. It's weird to think. But he was drafted by the Bears. No, he wasn't. No, but he no, was he better wasn't. in Denver than Chicago. Right, and that's why I'm saying they have had a hard time drafting quarterbacks. He was good in Chicago. He, he was, was. He was great for two years in Chicago. Adam but, Gase uh, <laughs> really had him playing very well, and that's why Adam Gase – Got a chance as as a head coach over there at Miami, and it didn't work out there. Mm. And then he went to the Jets, and it didn't work out over there. Now he's never probably going to coach in the NFL again. So there you go with the whole Adam Gase saga. Um, but uh, uh, as as we see what's going on in the NFL, and we will get into it, uh, Buffalo has slowly fallen out of it, and there are so many teams that are coming from from nowhere. Uh, don't be surprised, and even though Pittsburgh lost this past week, they, they could sneak in and somehow make the playoffs. Their schedule is very, very hard. It doesn't matter. Very the, hard. the way the AFC is lining up, there's only two short things that are going to make the playoffs right now. They I, might not even make. They might even win another game this year, Pittsburgh. Okay, whatever. Uh, that was the bold prediction of Garrett Price. We'll see if that happens. Uh, to me, when you when you look at what's going on in the AFC, there's only two predictions that I believe is real true. The Patriots are going to make the playoffs. There's no question that they are. And uh, Kansas City is the other team. 
Tennessee. Oh, that's a 180 from what you said three weeks ago. That, that, well, because look what Kansas City has done the last couple of weeks. I and it's not because, over, it's not because of their quarterback. I didn't say that. It's not. It, it's because their running game is and actually. And their defense, actually. And their defense is actually showing up. And it it's not their front seven. It's their secondary that's played very well in the last couple of weeks. Ben, well, ben says Jay Cutler is the fourth best Packers quarterback behind Favre, Rodgers, and Starr. Probably. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but again, uh, we will get into get week 15 and what, what should and what could happen in week 15 this week. Football is, you know, four weeks left of football. It's just, it's crazy. It's, it's so much to talk about in football. So we'll also get into the lockout, which has been very, very quiet in baseball. I, I mean, everybody keeps talking. We, we had a bunch of, uh, different, the last couple of weeks, different analysts that have called the show and writers about baseball. And they said that they, it's never going to go past February. Well, if you haven't heard anything in the last couple of days, it's so, not a good sign. So a report came out maybe like 25 minutes ago mm-hmm. that the owners and players aren't going to talk about key points till January. Oh, that's going to really sell. <laughs> well, no, but what I'm telling you is if they're not even negotiating now, mm. in January they'll start. That probably takes about two or three months. I thought this was going to be fast. It's not going to be fast. This is going to take a lot longer than people think. But uh, we'll get into some baseball and obviously uh, some basketball as well. And we'll we'll slip a little hockey in if we could today. If we can't, we'll, we we'll, slip, we'll slip a lot of hockey in tomorrow. But uh, first things first, before we get our guests on, why don't we get into this Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady thing? Now, what's amazing about this year and, and the quarterbacks, people have been talking about guys like uh, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson Why? and Josh Allen. These are the young quarterbacks that everybody in the last couple of years have done. And by the way, uh, Lamar Jackson won a, an MVP a couple of years ago, actually one and a half years ago. You, you talk about Patrick Mahomes who won an MVP about – Two years ago as well. You have all these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks that have been uh, sensational since they've come into the league and really transitioned the game and and have been big parts of their team's growth and where these teams are finally starting to move as dominant forces in the AFC and NFC. And then you look at these veteran quarterbacks, the Ben Roethlisberger's and Phillip Rivers, who's now retired, or even um, the Drew Breeses, and, and then... Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, where the game has transitioned into these young quarterbacks. But it's been, for really, the last couple of years, the dominance of these veteran quarterbacks, the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the league, that's really shown you that age doesn't matter. And this year, uh, what Tom Brady has done has been sensational. He's been fantastic for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He does have a lot of good players and a good cast of wide receivers around him. His offensive line, not as good as it was last year, but still a very competent offensive line. The running game is better this regular season. And then re- last year, it wasn't good in the regular season, but better in the playoffs. And that's one of the reasons why they ran away all the way to the Super Bowl and, and then eventually won the Super Bowl because of Leonard Fournette and the way he was running. But this year, there's really only – and I, everybody's going to bring in this kid, Taylor, who's had a f- fantastic year. He's the best running back in the league. He's played very well. I think he's got 16 touchdowns for the Indianapolis Colts. He's got over 1,400 yards. Fantastic. He's my pick. But he's a running back. And right now, Indianapolis, the, the Colts, are a borderline playoff team. You Imagine don't, what they'd be without him. It doesn't matter. He's not 
when you look at an MVP candidate, you look at the most valuable option, the most valuable player to your team. Yes, which is him. No, not it's uh, having a running back. He's a fantastic running back. How many running backs have won MVPs in the last twenty five years? Uh, Adrian Peterson, Ladainian Tomlinson, Damian Tomlinson, uh, Sean Alexander did too in his, in his right. three his running backs season. in the last twenty five years. How many quarterbacks have won MVPs? Probably every other year. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. So mostly every single year you see Doesn't a make run, right. It, it, it makes it right for what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is doing. Aaron Rodgers has thrown four interceptions for 28 touchdowns. He's thrown over 3,200 yards. His uh, his quarterback rating is over, I think, 95. He leads the, he, uh, in the last, I would say, last three and a half, four years, besides, I think, one year, he's led the league in quarterback rating. And he's been sensational for a team like the Green Bay Packers, let's be honest. Besides Devontae Adams and, and Jones, who has had a better season this season, but I, I think he's going to completely die down in the playoffs. He's not a good playoff player. We saw that last year. No, I, he's had a bad year this year. He's been hurt all year. He, he's been dealing with it now, but he was playing well when before he that. When he was playing, and he when he plays, he's had a good season. And, and as a receiver, too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 108.8 passer rating, leads the league right now. Right. And he's led the league, you know, four of the last five years. He's been the best overall quarterback in football the last 10, 12 years. Now, that doesn't take away how great Tom Brady is. Nobody is taking shots at Tom Brady. And if you would argue Tom Brady right now leads the league in yards thrown, but also has the talent around him that definitely is going to help produce those type of yards and yardage. Tom Brady's had a good year, too. He's thrown over 30 touchdowns. Uh, he's been sensational. Doesn't he lead the league in touchdowns? Yes. 36 touchdowns. 36 leads the touchdowns. 41-34 passing yards leads the league. Also has 10 receptions, though, in comparison to Rodgers' four. So it'll be interesting to see if they factor in more volume or more efficiency. Efficiency is what people look at, especially when you look at the team and the talent around you. And, and you, you, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't take away. Tom Brady could win the MVP, okay? They, they, it, it, it all def- if, if I was voting, okay, I look at efficiency. And the players around you, the talent around you. How does this player make the team better? Now that if they didn't, if Tampa didn't have Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I mean Tampa wouldn't be good. And if Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing for Green Bay, Green Bay would be lucky to have two wins. Okay, that's how bad they are. Now, when you look at what Green Bay has done defensively this year, sensational. They've been a very good defense, a defensive team throughout the season. Their secondary has been great. Uh, the the optional linebacking core that they have this year has played very well. I mean, you can't really argue that they're a one-dimensional offensive team this year. They're a two-dimensional team, and they can actually run the ball with Jones. But when you look at their secondary options, wide receiving options, and even Tunyon, who was supposed to be a tight end that they were going to use this year, who's out for right. practically the whole season, and you look at the, the tight ends that they're using right now, you've never even heard of, um, they're guys that nobody would start on any other team. And you look at the wide receiving core that they have, besides Devontae Adams, and I've been saying this over and over again, their second best wide receiver is ranked 130th in the league. 130th in the league. It shows you what one player can And that's why when you look at most valuable player, you look at that player and look at this. Green Bay right now, if the season were to end, where do they finish up as? Number one. The number one seed in the NFC. So, I think, I think whoever... Football, and, isn't it? 
I think that whoever falls, you know, falls at that number number one seed, either Tampa or Green Bay, that's going to be the guy that's going to win the MVP of the league. That's the way I think the option is going to fall. Whoever gets that number one seed, and I, I again, I think Taylor's had a great season. He's going to be absolutely an MVP candidate. He's not going to win out Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers because these two guys are the most valuable players, Speedy. Of their teams. The only way that Taylor would get is if he gets 2,000 yards or something like that, which in four games, it's going to be very hard to do, especially with the Colts now with the bye week. We'll see if teams adjust to them. It'll be, again, volume versus efficiency will be the key in terms of how they look at. Now, they looked at efficiency in the past with Lamar Jackson, even in his MVP or wasn't the highest in terms of passing yards, but we had a lot of passing touchdowns, obviously a thousand rushing rushing yards and all those touchdowns and was efficient. The completion percentage was great. He had barely any interceptions. And the same thing a lot of a lot of Tom Brady's MVP years with the Patriots didn't always have the highest volume of touchdowns either because they had LeGarrette Blunt getting touchdowns. They had their their running other running backs getting touchdowns. And sometimes he got it because he would had the least interceptions over some other quarterbacks that had more volume to it too. So it'll be interesting to see where they factor that into the battle. Also, too, both of the Packers and the Buccaneers have had very interesting situations with their other units. The Packers' defense has had all those injuries like you mentioned, Errol, and also the Buccaneers' defense had all the injuries in the beginning of the mm-hmm. season in their secondary, and yet they were still winning a lot because of Tom Brady. When That that was a stretch, too, where their running game was down, too. So Tom Brady was really doing everything, and now Aaron Rodgers, ever since that whole COVID game when they had all those receivers out, they beat the Cardinals, they've lost two offensive linemen since then, they've really had to overcome the adversity and their defense all year has done that so both quarterbacks have had to factor that in and so it'll be interesting to see even, even though it's more direct with with Brady with the stretch that he had to be like at his best than he was will it be spent all, spread out all the time they're going to look at with Aaron Rodgers or in that stretch with Brady how about you Tyler uh, you look at both these guys I know you said I, Taylor yeah but... I, I mean so here's the problem with the MVP race right people look at it and they go well the best team probably has the best but that's not true at all. Very rarely is the best player in the league on the best team. Right? Errol says all the time, it's a team game. The Indianapolis Colts were 0-4. 1-4. When we were looking at Carson Wentz, like, ah, oh, this is a shame. How how tragically is Carson Wentz's career now over? Jonathan Taylor started running the football like the madman. And now they're a borderline playoff team. Because of his performance, strictly. Strictly his performance. So if that doesn't put, listen, I'm not saying no one says he's not in the conversation, but a running back, and you're going to see this a lot, I think. I think this is going to be a very futuristic theme here. Get Game managers are going to be coming back in the NFL because a lot of these college kids are going to be dumping the ball off, and the spread offense is huge right now. Dump and slash and everything else. You see uh, running backs now in the slot. You see them line up and the shotgun, and they get dump outs. Uh, James White, you brought it up last week. James White got like three touchdowns in the Super Bowl because Brady was dumping the ball there. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see that again. It's coming back. How often do you see a Super Bowl MVP leave his team, go to a different team who won a Super Bowl, and the next year that team is the best team in the conference? Very rarely do you see that happen. But is it a quarterback-driven league? Yeah. Is somebody going to win MVP? Yeah. Is it going to be a quarterback? Probably so. Honestly, Micah Parsons deserves some credit too. 
Not only is he defensive rookie of the year, he should be defensive player of the year. No, T.J. Watt has been better than him. Oh, uh, T.J. Watt has 16 sacks. Well, He's if probably... that's the case, I, I personally think Nick Bosa then deserves more credit than T.J. Watt because Nick Bosa has had a phenomenal year, worth every penny and worth every draft. Here's, pick. Other, here's two other guys. The defensive backs you could throw in there is Diggs. Trevon he... Diggs will not. Trevon, see. You fall for the trap. But no, no, no. Here's, here's the disclaimer. I think now he's been surpassed by somebody else if you're going to pick a corner, and that's J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson, I think, is yeah. the best corner right now. But, however, you know Trevon Diggs has given up the most yards in the NFL? Yeah, he's, he's been big plays in the second half. He's, yeah, he's struggled a little bit. So, I mean, and Carlson Wentz has had a good season, too. He's had a decent season. 3,000 yards, 22, of five, 22 touchdowns to five interceptions. That's he's, a pretty good, da- that's a pretty I good season. That, that, uh, and not, as, good as, as good as his running back's been, he's been just as good as the quarterback. Uh, he really has. Going to a new team and really uh, being But the, it's not a new offense. It doesn't matter. It's a new team. He's, he's going to a, a new organization, learning the players, learning the offensive line, learning the players that are around him. Going into the season, uh, hasn't really been the starting quarterback of of the Philadelphia Eagles for about a year and a half. Okay, so last year he was he was on and off. Nobody knew where he was going to be uh, if he was going to stay in Philadelphia. Now all of a sudden he goes over there to Indianapolis and he's put up pretty good numbers over there in Indy. Which um, I think Philly's going to regret trading once I said it when they trade him, but not necessarily because they might they, get a first got, round pick out of it if yeah. they, 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 he plays. I think sixty seven percent. If he plays sixty seven percent of the snaps or something like that, they, get a first they already round got it. Pick. Okay, so yeah, so the, if they make good use of that first round pick, they're not going to regret but, that. The point being, Jalen Hurts will not be Carson once. Snug says, well, Brady is the GOAT, so yeah, probably have a fave to go back. All hail the Brady GOAT. Ben says, Packers need to work on their special teams. Last game was atrocious. Yes, it was indeed. Snug says, Brady will probably win it again this year. He's 44 and made it look easy. All hail the Brady and, and, GOAT. Hold on, hold on a second. He says, Wentz had a success with Wright with Philly. This, is, this performance isn't a big surprise. Yes, it is. When you go to another team, even with the same offensive coordinator that you were succe- successful for, we've seen this before, and it wasn't successful. So you're wrong, Snug. Another thing that comes out of your mouth that's completely wrong. Okay? I have seen this before. I have seen quarterbacks go to other teams where their coaches become offensive coordinators for those other teams because they got fired. And everybody thought, oh, this guy's going to be better over there. And they weren't. Uh, Snug also says Carson Wentz is comeback player of the year. Now, that might be who Tyler just mentioned in Nick Bosa. Uh, I like when Speedy covers the Brady Goat. He offers a fair and balanced discussion while still covering the Brady Goat's greatness. Jonathan Taylor has been great for Indy. Then he stumbled out of the gate. Minus Taylor. Colts don't sniff the playoffs. That's not true, by the way. Uh, I don't know. The kid in Arizona has been pretty good. Yeah, but he's been hurt. I don't know how you see that. I don't. It's 16 touchdowns, and a lot of the touchdowns are after the fact that they were in the lead. So, I mean, if you look at the touchdowns, I would say 10 out of the 16 touchdowns that they had, they had the lead when he scored those touchdowns. So, and Carson Wentz has a lot to do with it. Their can, defense has done a lot. Indianapolis' defense too. has been one of the most dominant defenses in the second half of the season than any team in football. So, how could you say it's just Jonathan Taylor? The defense, I didn't say it was just the, the defense right now is ranked in the top seven in a league in every statistic. Okay, and Carlson Wentz, when you look at his numbers, 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns for five interceptions, those are pretty goddamn good numbers, too. They so are good numbers. to sit here and say, well, without Jonathan Taylor, they don't sniff the playoffs, that's not true. Because the defense has a lot to do with it, and the quarterback has a lot to do with it. Well, so, and, and I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor has a good The have a really good defense, and they're not sniffing the playoffs. Who? 
The Bears have a very good defense. They don't have a quarterback. They're down this year. They have a rookie quarterback. Hold on, hold on. They do have a rookie quarterback. But if the defense is lights out, well, they also lost Kilo Mack. But before that, they were fucking phenomenal. They were struggling in the secondary, though. Could the Bears run the ball? They can. Yeah, Montgomery's run the ball very good this year, has he? Uh, He has. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. He has. He's been very inconsistent. This He's year. been inconsistent this year. Go look at his numbers. I have He's got good on, numbers. I have him on one of my fantasy teams. He's been inconsistent. Let, let, let's look up Montgomery's numbers, okay? Because because uh, yeah. he's been so good. Uh, offensive ben, line for the Bears also ain't the Colts. No, no. I'll put that out <laughs> That's there. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Your best and offensive that, lineman. Is it also has to do with the quarterback and the mobi- mobility of the quarterback inside and out of the pocket. Six hundred eight yards, four point two uh, yards a carry, and not, four um, touchdowns. Frank That's Wright. not a good season. This season, he missed three games. Uh, in that what time, for six uh, six hundred eight yards, four point two yards a carry, four touchdowns how many games? in f- uh, nine games. That's not a good nine divided by six hundred is what? It's like seventy yards a game. Well, no, I'm trying to think of what if, if you add that game. And yards don't mean anything if you're not important. You're what not you getting mean? the yards. That's... You're not getting the yards in the middle of the game when you need it the most. Right now, is that running game helping them win games? Is it? 67.6 yards a game. 67.6. Yeah, I said Are the Bears 70. winning anything? Uh, but that, that, you can't, if we're going to nitpick everything, then there's really no reason to have I'm, I'm telling you that the running back position, you have to have like a Adrian Peters type of season to even be thought of. All right, but then by your logic, most, some of them are just going to be garbage time yards. What I'm saying is. Adrian Peters only got 2,000 yards because they fed him the ball what, the last two weeks. Well, what I. Otherwise. No, because remember that offense hit Christian Ponder at quarterback mm-hmm. and uh, lost a couple offensive linemen. And who were their receiver? The Percy Harvin was their best receiver, and I think he was hurt for a lot of that. Season. What I'm trying to say is, is that it this, this is a two man race. It's not a three man race. Jonathan Taylor will be the third man. He will be up for MVP. He'll have votes. He's not going to have first ballot votes. I can guarantee you that. It's be, it's between one one and two guys. It's Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last year, so the they're not they're not going to give it to Rodgers again. It's very hard to get. Well, that's not true because Peyton Manning won five in a row, or four in a row. Uh, Brett Favre won four in a row. So uh, Aaron Rodgers, that type of talent that you can give it to him again. He's been that good, but I don't know if they will. If they're somewhere around around the same type of numbers, and and listen, Tom Brady's numbers are, as far as yards. Tom Brady has over 4,000 yards, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't played as many games. I mean, Aaron's played one less game. Tom Brady is also playing on a, a team that's fantastic. I mean, the weapons uh, that Tom Brady has is fantastic. I mean, you look at their, you look at their top three offensive weapons to Aaron Rodgers, they're not even close, okay? so it, it, But, again, Tom Brady is doing it at the age of 45 years old. Or 44 years old. To Aaron Rodgers, who's doing it at the age of 38. So that could be something that, obviously, voters uh, are going to look at. Because of the age. Because of what Tom Brady's doing. No, Nobody his age has ever done this. And Tom Brady's having a fa- fantastic year. Uh, he has four year, uh, four games left. He could break 5,000 yards. And if he does he that... He could break the yards record this year. I don't think he will. Uh, that's a lot. All that's I'm a lot to ask. Uh, that's four games. He's got to throw at least... 340 yards to to do that. And I don't, I don't think he's going to do that. Ben but, says Rodgers has done consistently more with less. He's right. There's no question that he has. But that doesn't, make, that doesn't change what the voters are going to look at. Tom Brady throws 5,000 yards. They're going to give it to Tom Brady. 
especially if he throws 40 touchdowns, which he's on his way to do. Okay? Uh, but Aaron Rodgers could throw 40 touchdowns. And yeah. he can. Peyton Manning's single se- has a single-season yardage record, 5,477 yards in mm-hmm. 2013. So Brady would have to get... I just told you, 350 Thir- yards. Yeah, 1,300-something yards. 350 yards for the next f- almost four games. Yeah. And one 400-yard game. I don't think it's going to happen. But Tom Brady could break 5,000 yards this year. He could throw 45, 48 touchdowns this year. If he does that, Tom Brady wins the MVP. Even though Aaron Rodgers throws four interceptions and has 37 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards. They're going to give it to Tom Brady because of his age and really uh, the notoriety of who he is as a player. So there could be so many arguments. Tom Brady has three MVPs in his career, so it's not like he's never won it before. And and this could be his fourth, and if if he gets his fourth, there's very few people in history that's won four MVPs uh, in their careers. So it, it's – Tom Brady is on a, another – you know, when you look at the class of the greatest players of all time, the Jerry Rice's at his position, the Barry Sanders, the Joe Montana's, when we, we talk about those type of players, that's where Tom Brady is right now. Aaron Rodgers still has a little bit more to prove himself right. to be in that position of that. But Aaron How much Rod- longer does he have? Aaron Rodgers? A He's lot. Got, nah, a lot. Aaron Rodgers has been at the top of his game, and I've said this again. Ten, the last 10 years, if you look at numbers and statistics and, 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 and curriculum numbers and stuff like that, there's nobody been better than Aaron Rodgers. Nobody. Nobody in the league has been as good as Aaron Rodgers and as consistent as he has. I mean, his quarterback rating, he's had the best quarterback rating. If you look at the last 10 years, I would say two out of the last 10 years are the only times he didn't have the best quarterback rating in the league. Now you want to know who else? Because I just I just saw stats, and I I said earlier in the year he should be considered, and he kind of fell off. Matt Stafford should he shouldn't win, but him and Jonathan Taylor need to at least finish four and three in this conversation. Matthew Stafford he probably will. Yes. He needs Unless... to, he needs to finish top five, or this league is just completely out of sync. He is Matthew what's Stafford. Going on. Matthew Stafford will be in the. In the thought, because he's gonna have, he's gonna break four thousand yards, thirty three touchdowns and nine interceptions. He had a good year, um, and and I know Jeff says he's looked horrible this year. I don't know how you you look I, horrible. Yeah, I think it was just the one stretch. But here's the other argument. He's also beat the hell up. Obviously, they're not gonna win it. But the other argument too, you were mentioning Jonathan Taylor as a non quarterback for an MVP. No, Cooper Cup's gotta be in there too. I would imagine the way he's played. <sighs> you uh, listen. I'm going to go completely hypocritical here because of, you know, what I just heard for 25 minutes. But if Jonathan Taylor can't get it because of bogus yards and everything else, I don't want to hear Cooper Cup's name. No, but he, he'll be in the conversation with 113 receptions already, 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, he could end up the season with 17, 18 touchdowns as a wide receiver and, and, and over 2,000 yards. Jonathan Taylor can have over 20 touchdowns as a running back. That, the last time that happened was what, 04, 05? Uh, we're not, we're not disclaiming that. We're not saying that Jonathan Taylor is not in the conversation. But if he is, Cooper Cup should be in the conversation as well. He's been oh, I thought ba- you were making a case that he should win it. None of those guys no, are winning. No, no, none of them are going to win none it. None of those guys are going to win it. It's, no, it's down you, made, to, you sounded like you were going to make an argument l- why listen, he should win it. The two guys that are going to be uh, you know, first place and runner-up, and I said it already, as we started the conversation, it's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. That's where, uh, when the season, whoever ends up in first place, 
is probably going to win the MVP. Because he is the most valuable player to the team in the hardest division in football. And the, the other NFC. disadvantage a wide receiver would also have in that case, too, or even over Taylor, is the fact that because of the other top quarterback play, you would need a season that's so insane with maybe not a great quarterback or even just an above-average quarterback to have that kind of year. You would need that one of those like Calvin Johnson record-setting seasons or a season like Devontae Adams had when he had 18 touchdowns. You would need one of those types of seasons, but Devontae Adams had 18 touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. It's not like having it with, say, a Matt Ryan or a Kirk Cousins or something like that. And if, if I had to have a tiebreaker, I'm going with QBR, and Tom Brady's leading the league in QBR. What, quarterback rating? Quar- QBR, I don't know, whatever the... Yeah, QBR, uh, QBR. He's ahead. Uh, passer rating. Aaron Rodgers is so it's a it's a different analytic. Uh, total quarterback rating versus passer rating. Aaron Rodgers ahead in passer rating. Brady is slightly up in QBR. Again, you look at the talent that's around Tom Brady, and look at the talent around Aaron Rodgers. And, and again, if you're voting in, in the obviously, I forget what they call it. Um, the committee is voting who's going to be the MVP. It's not. It's not the fans that are voting. It's not. There's a committee. Commit committee. There's a, a committee of I think ten people uh, of the NFL, and they sit around in a circle and they vote. And in my opinion, if you look at numbers and statistics, and you look at the players that are around them, Al Rodgers has the least amount of talent out of. Look, who has more talent right now around around him? Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Who has more talent, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Brady. Tom Brady. Okay. But here's, uh, hold here's on. the one little caveat because you're going to make it a negative thing. Players went to go play for cheap for Tom Brady. That's that's fine. It has nothing to, that again has nothing to do what the conversation is. No, but no, but you're making it seem like you know and, and, and that's, Tom Brady. And, and that's Brown. That's the only one that's done it. And Gronk. he's not even and, and Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, but Antonio Brown. Gronk Leonard retired. Fournette. The only reason why Gronk came back is because uh, he has a chance to win championships right. over there. That's the only reason why. He had a chance to win in New England, too. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. The Patriots. The Patriots were done. The 2020 Patriots were going to win a Super Bowl? Mm, they were done. The, with Brady? With well, Cam hold Newton. On, hold on here. Wait. wait no, 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 no. Wait, no, no. no, 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 no. Are you talking about the Patriots with Brady, like the 2019 Patriots? Yes, or? when okay. Brady was there. Oh, he could have came back yeah, in okay. New England and right, won. Fine. Why? Yeah, he didn't. Because he didn't want to play Belichick. Which is asinine to think, but clearly Belichick and Gronk. He didn't want to play anymore because of injury. He came back because he has a better chance to win with a more talented team in Tampa. Uh, and, and that's why he came back. And, and that's why he's still playing. Because he's not taking that much money and he's over there playing with... Look at the wide receiving talent they have over there. It's ridiculous. I mean, and that's why a lot of people pick Tampa to go all the way again to the Super Bowl. Because their offensive prowess and talent that they have around Tom Brady uh, at his disposal. So, again... Even the running back. They brought back Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette took less to stay over there because he has a chance to win every year with the talent that they have. Why did he go there in the first place? What do you mean? Why He didn't go there. When Jacksonville cut him, he went to go play with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. They gave him $4 million for the rest of the season. I understand. Who was going to give him $4 million? Uh, Any team with common sense. Uh, Common sense to what? Leonard Fournette is a top-end back in this league. He was not going anywhere except a playoff contending team, and no playoff contending team was going to give him more than a veteran's minimum. He got more money going over there to Tampa, and everybody was surprised that he re-signed with Tampa in the offseason because he probably would have gotten more somewhere else. But the teams that were interested in him were playoff contending, championship contending teams. So 
um, I, I'm looking at what they are talented-wise. And, and, and again, it doesn't matter what they take or how much they take less over there. The talent is there. And Tom Brady, if Tom Brady wasn't winning with the talent that they have, they'd be picking on Tom Brady too. So, but why don't players go to play for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers don't care if they're great or that he'll make them better. But I, that's where my gripe is here. That's not true. That's not true? Then why is Aaron Rodgers bitch and moan about their draft every year if he doesn't care? Uh, he clearly cares. Aaron Rodgers cares. First of all, Aaron Rodgers cares that the the Green Bay Packers don't go to him and say, hey, listen, what are you looking for? What are we looking for as a team? A and who's going to put on the field? What, what, I'm sorry? Clearly a wide receiver. Uh, and they've they, let some great ones slip past them. They drafted a pretty good wide receiver this year. He's just not ready yet to be. And by the time he is ready, Devontae Adams will be gone, and so will he. It took Devontae Adams two years, three years to figure it out. Devontae Adams, when he came to the league, wasn't an elite player. But he also played with Donald Driver. He also played with guys that were obviously players that were, you know, the the uh, the Jordy Nelsons of the world, the Randall Cobbs Randall of the world. Yeah. You know, James Jones. The, yeah. yeah, the guys that were before him. It took him a while to figure it out and, 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 and became the elite uh, wide receiver that he became. What year was that draft class? Which Devontae one? Devontae Adams was 2014. No, no, no. With Judy and Lamb and... 2020. Mm-hmm. But Amari Rodgers wasn't that draft. It was this year's draft. It was this year's draft. No, that's not my point. The 2020 draft had, yeah, Lamb, Judy, uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Rager. Jefferson. Um, Michael Pittman was in there. Henry Ruggs was in there. Uh, so instead of drafting... Mm-hmm. So tell me, you tell me if Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be pissed off. They draft Jordan Love. Right. Right. Okay. Einstein's. They didn't draft Michael Pittman Jr. They did not draft T. Higgins. Who, who was their second round pick? Oh, they didn't draft Chenault. I'm looking at that Oh, right Chenault. Now. I forgot about Chenault, yeah. Um, yeah, because... A.J. Dillon. Chenault's been a bust, by the way. A.J. 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 He has been a bust. He's in Jacksonville. Let's not pin that on him. He's been a bust. They didn't draft Jonathan... Well... They didn't need Jonathan Taylor. No, I know. They didn't need A.J. Dillon. No, I didn't think they needed AJ Dillon either. That's fair. I mean, over the years, there was a lot of uh, they didn't draft Antonio. A lot of wide receivers that were drafted by the Cowboys that never succeeded either. And everybody says that's not a good place when it comes to drafting offensive talent. But they've drafted CD Lamb over the last couple of years, the Gallops of the world, and they've been a better team. So just because of their past doesn't mean that they can't become, uh, you know, obviously good places and destinations to drafting right. I mean, because over the years, let's be honest, when you look at the Jets, they've always been good at drafting offensive linemen and defensive ends. You know, I mean, not defensive ends, uh, defensive D-backs. They've always been good at uh, drafting D-backs and and all that other stuff. Their weakness is they can't find defensive ends. They can't find uh, pass rushers. It's been a huge problem. And over the years, they just couldn't find a quarterback. And that's, I mean, but if you're not drafting, if you're not drafting. franchise is history. But, again, Indianapolis has gotten lucky over the years because the years that they had a chance to draft a quarterback, Peyton Manning was available. Right. And then after that, it was Andrew Locke uh, that year. of re- uh, you, know, ev- you know, revolutionary type of players that are, you know, just fall to, right. fell in their lap. It You're doesn't right. – I mean, and it just hasn't, it hasn't worked for the Jets. It hasn't worked for a lot of these. Al Rodgers fell in the Green Bay Packers' lap. I mean, there were 22 other teams that could have drafted Al Rodgers, and they didn't. And he fell all the way in the 20s. Who would have thought that arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game fell in the 20s? And how about this? One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest, and Tom Brady, who's drafted in the sixth round. Right. Okay? Joe Montana wasn't a first-round draft pick. 
Neither it was, was Drew Brees round. or Brett Favre. Right. I, I take that back. Brett Favre was the last pick in the first round. Drew Brees was the second round pick. Yep. So when you look at when you look at that, and and, and you you know you can. You could go up and down. They're not always right, and they're not always winners. They're not, you're not always correct. It's about not about the it's not about the player itself. It's about why would you draft a quarterback when your quarterback has been asking you to draft a receiver or help, help, just help in general. Could have been a tight end. Could have been another. Your guess back. is as good as mine. Okay, so clearly he cares because he's been throwing a fit about this for years now. So don't tell me he doesn't care. He doesn't. So, he, Errol, he cares. He's leaving Green Bay because he cares. He, he right now he does, but he he does listen. He might in in his own little way he might care, but he plays whatever's playing in front of him. I so just, if he's got those he plays, hey, listen. As much as he might care, and whatever you say that he is, I'm sorry. It, it surely doesn't show on the field because he still has 27 touchdowns to four interceptions. He's still an, a dominant a dominant force with a bunch of no name guys. Now if he played. On Tampa, with the talent that they have over there, or even the Rams, could you imagine how good Aaron Rodgers' numbers would be right now if he played with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham? I mean, let's be honest. I don't think I don't think Odell would play for Aaron Rodgers. I think he would. I he think wa- that's why he didn't want Green Bay. That's not true. The, the, first of all, if you heard the story, he wanted to go to Green Bay. The problem is, Green Bay didn't offer him more than the veterans' minimal. He wanted he wanted them to give him four million dollars. They weren't going to give him. Four million dollars. Guess who gave him the four million dollars? The, the Rams. Rams, and that's why he jumped ship and he went to the Rams. And nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. He wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers. So if you read the story, no, I, did. I don't believe that. I do. You, you go if he wants to win, which is what he's been saying. Rodgers is whiny. Tampa Bay, oh, Green Snug. Bay, Snug, and uh, the Rams. Snug, you say Rodgers is whiny. Give me a break. Tom Brady is the biggest whiner of them all. What but are you he, talking but about? He is whiny. I, they're all whiny. They're all whiny. You don't think Tom Brady? I'm not Tom Brady's not a whiner. Whine. Tom I, I, Brady, on, he's crying he's the river on the field. You said Aaron Rodgers is not whiny. He's whiny. Uh, he's a not. Lot of quarterbacks are whiny. They're all. I'm not denying that. But Errol said no. He's whiny. He doesn't whine as much as Tom Brady does. Let's be honest. Well, seven Super Bowls gives you a little bit of. Uh, oh yeah. So, so just it, it matters if he won that many Super Bowls. No, but I mean, if you're gonna whine, chances are you've got a reason to whine. Listen. I, again, I'll I'm give gonna him say, some crackers. It wasn't Tom Brady, only Tom Brady on the reasons why they won those Super Bowls. It takes a team to Aaron win Aaron Rodgers' those one Super, Super Bowl Bowls. wasn't all him. You're absolutely true. right. That's true. You're absolutely right. Starks and nobody, nobody say, nobody's going to take that away from the team and the Green Bay Packers put together. Snug also says, nope, Dak Prescott has the MVP locked up. Hashtag Dak Prescott. The, the Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. They're in some big trouble. I'm going to ask this Cowboy guy, like, uh, what's going on? Dak Prescott is not even playing subpar football. He's playing awful. Awful's not even the word. Tom He's Br- been the worst quarterback in the league the past three weeks. He hasn't Suck. looked good. Suck says Tom Brady's I don't know about awful. awful. No, his QBR is the worst in football the last like four or five games. Yeah, has it played well? But that doesn't mean he's been awful all season. No, I didn't say figure, all season. I he's got to figure, figure things out, and I I think he can. He's got the same, kind of the same slump as Stafford. Does yeah, that. he he just needs to figure well, things Stafford's out. Stafford's hurt. Well, and I and think Dak was hurt. Too. I think Dak I'm not is saying hurt Dak's too. not hurt, but then they need to really figure out what they want to do. Ever since Dak hurt his ankle, 
he hasn't been the same quarterback. This That's year. not true. Yeah, he, he came back and lit up the league for the past no, I, the first season. six weeks. The one this season. I'm talking about this season. The one this season. The oh. injury he had this season. He's been a little slow to recover from right now. But again, like Stafford, with, with he was his in injury. a boot after that game, and then he came back too quick. Right after the first, he missed one game. He should have he should have sat out for two or three games. Yeah. He's playing. <laughs> Cooper Rush beat the Vikings. Yeah, <laughs> and I, it was a big mistake. I think he should have been sitting out. But if you look at Dak's numbers in, in this season, 67.9 completion percentage, pretty damn good. Is second in the league or third in the league. Uh, his yards, 3,381, 24 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Those are pretty get, pretty damn good numbers for a guy that just got $40 million that everybody said he didn't deserve. Okay? So that's just my opinion. Has he looked good the last three weeks? No, he has not. But he hasn't been 100% healthy. Snuggle also says Tom Brady's personal life has never been in the tabloids. Uh, please, oh, really? Please, God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I think I think what he means is uh, there hasn't been anything negative about Tom Brady. In the Are tabloids. you kidding me? Remember three, four years ago? Uh, remember how about how about the Flakegate? That wasn't all over the tabloids. Which, by the way, was proud to be bullshit. It doesn't matter. It was all over the tabloids. How about him getting confiscating the the telef- the cell phones him and his wife? How yeah, about, because how hold about on, the, hold on, wait a minute. Hold how on, about hold the TB twelve that was on Facebook? Can't... Him making out with his son, which oh, yeah, everybody was, was funny. Give me a break, <laughs> okay? I, I'm I'm tired of hearing this. Hold on. Tom Brady is all over the news. First of all, in hindsight, what happened to John Gruden just now? Thank God, Tom Brady did that. Can you imagine? John Gruden is a diva head coach. Could you imagine what the media would have done to Tom Brady if something leaked out of that phone? He'd be ran out of the NFL faster than he could say seven Super Bowl wins. Snuggle also says, please, God, let them let us have a Pats versus Bucks Super Bowl. It might be the greatest Super Bowl ever. Of course. because oh, Bill versus Bill. That would be great. No, nah, that's not going to happen. And then if Brady breaks the yards Billy record, Goat, is he the GOAT I think goats? the Patriots have a better chance of making it to the Super Bowl than Tampa Bay does. I think Tampa Bay, this year, their secondary is not as good as it was last year. Oh, but it's coming together. Um, I don't, don't believe so. And uh, I think they're going to have problems against teams like the Rams and the Green Bay Packers. The Rams have won, I think, the last three times head-to-head on that. Yeah, so I keep like... saying this. I'm going to say it again. And by the way, early don't, in the year, and you're my don't forget about Arizona San Francisco. I don't. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say this again. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, who never does the right thing in the big part of the game. So, uh, is, Kyle Shanahan's been to Super Bowl, who gets right. hated on. Jimmy Garoppolo, for some reason, is hated on. By the way, interesting little fact. Do you know he is the fastest Niner quarterback in franchise history to get 10,000 yards? Yes. I, I saw that sad. I was okay. surprised. <laughs> so this whole nonsense, Jimmy G can't play, throw that shit out the window. Bindu Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That team is a running beast. Running wins championships. Defense wins championships. They've got both. They've got two studs on the outside and George Kittle and Debo Samuel. I don't know. Be careful. And actually, the reason they might be a little better is because they haven't been as much of running beasts. They're now throwing the ball. A lot yeah, more. Jimmy G's. Jimmy G's been a very that good gives, last that month. That gives them another identity to be sneaky, that type thing. Because we know and they're Brandon Ayuk, than a when lot Brandon Ayuk gets his hands on the ball, he's pretty damn good. So, uh, Stug also says if if Brady breaks the yards record, then it, then is he the goat of goats? No. Well, now you still, <laughs> yeah, if, you're judging, if you're judging all other positions, it's going to be very hard to not say Jerry Rice <laughs> for that. I mean, right now, if you were to look at the greatest football player of all time, I would say Jerry Rice is. Uh-huh. I, I, Jerry Rice was 
uh, on a whole nother plane of what he was as a player. And and Jerry Rice, he played a long, you know, he right. he was in the league. The for greatest a long time. longevity you'll probably see from a, a position of speed like that when yeah. it comes to like a running back. Or I mean, it's, it's like actually that. Adrian Peterson's pretty. There. He's right there. Right, too. but I don't know if Adrian Peterson has dominated the same level Jerry Rice did. Even with the Raiders later on, and even a couple of years with Seattle too, it was decent as well. I, you're right, Adrian Peterson is he's, probably the modern version of of that kind of thing, but. Even that, like, he's only had, like, small stretches where he was great, where Rice was actually still decent in full seasons. I mean, what AP has done uh, as an NFL player, as a running back, and still playing, and, you know, if you look at him, he's, the fact that other teams are giving him a chance, like Seattle just gave him a chance. Yeah, now he's hurt. Teams are giving him a chance at his age. Uh, it, it's fantastic. And, and we talk he, about what? I think he's the first. This stat might be screwed up. He's the first running back. NFL history to have a rushing y- touchdown for six teams? Yes, I saw that, so. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah. we, we know how talented Saints, a- a- AP was. Vi- Vikings, Saints, Cardinals. Titans. Washington, Titans. And uh, Seattle. And Detroit last year, too, and I Detroit, think. Detroit, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Adrian Peterson is a special player. He's going to go down as one of the greatest running backs Him ever. and Frank Gore, man. They just don't age. Well, he'll and be Peterson was year. more dominant as Pete. No, uh, Gore. I, think this is, I think this is Peterson's last year. I think he's done after this year. I, I do. I believe that. I think AP, what he's done. And, and listen, people forget what he did and, and really what happened in the tabloids when he was at the top of the game, when he was switching, it, you know, beating up his son and, and using a switch. I, I, that's not that. That got blew out of proportion. I, I, I don't know about that. But AP has been, you know, all these great players, they've all been the center of attention. One way or another. When you're a superstar player in the league and you're the best at your position, you got to be squeaky clean to stay out of trouble. Squeaky clean. Derek freaking Jeter. None of them. Marvin Harrison, remember him? No, he shot somebody. He uh, shot somebody. He killed somebody. The, uh, 08 or 09, yeah, something like he that. He killed somebody and wash? stayed out of jail. Yes. yes. He killed somebody and he stayed out of jail. Okay? Damn, don't do a crime without all marks. Shit. Just... He killed somebody. Okay, yeah. calm down. He did. Calm down, killer. All right. He did. Sit down. He murdered somebody. I don't need you to be my lawyer. Calm he, down. He murdered somebody over there in Philadelphia. Okay? Ben, so, sa- ben says, Rogers says, the doppelganger was a plant for NBC by ratings. I don't believe that. Mm. And Carl says, maybe the doppelganger was vaccinated. Whatever the, the fact is, when you're a superstar player, anything that you say, anything that you do on and off the field is going to be, you know, centered as a big thing. Tom Brady, don't say Tom Brady wasn't in the tabloids. Peyton Manning, remember with the steroid thing after he came back from his neck? HGH. The HGH and all that other stuff. It was the center of a conversation. All these guys. And then it disappears. The Tom Brady thing disappeared. The Peyton Manning thing disappeared. The AP thing. When you're a superstar player and you're that good, all those things that you do, the greatness of what you do on the field is what hides it. And if you're not as great after this stuff happens, guess what? You'll be remembered. As that, and that's the thing. Marvin Harrison, when he when he shot and killed somebody, it was after his career, so yeah. it, it's affected his career and how great Marvin Harrison was as a wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning, and arguably the best duo in a tandem we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So it, it, again, nobody's going to remember. You know why? Because Marvin Harrison killed somebody. So, and that's. That's going to be center stage for Marvin Harrison for the rest of his career. I'm going to not even lie to you. I forgot all about it. Yeah, well, I didn't. 
And, and a lot of people that know that know and love Marvin Harrison being me, one, I, I, I loved Marvin Harrison. I'll never forget it. Snuck says, well, why are they in the tabloids? Rogers has been in quite, on quite of a negative terms with his family, really? girlfriends, etc. Really? Watch family, this. girlfriend. First of all, hold on. Let me, let me just stand, stand into this. Rogers, the only tie, the only time Aaron Rodgers has been in the tabloids about his family and ex-girlfriends was when he was with uh, with Munn, whatever his name is. Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Yeah. That was it. When he broke up with Olivia Munn, his, he was back getting along with his family. So that's that's a crock of you-know-what, okay? And, and first of all, his family life has nothing to do with his game and what he does on the field. The fact that the tabloids are bringing his family involved and what he does on the field is ridiculous. He didn't kill anybody, did he? Did he shoot anybody? Nope. Did he hurt anybody? Did he beat a girl up? Neither did, did he... Terrell Owens, uh, but he's not, fucking exiled. That's not, that's not my... That's not what I said. And Terrell Owens did beat somebody. Terrell Owens was beating up his offensive lineman in the locker room. You don't even that's know That's a grown man. That's fine. He was doing... Shame on you! That's that's fine. That's completely different than what he's you just said. He's caused trouble on and off the field with his teammates. And when you do something like that... And Terrell Owens... He doesn't. I I agree with you. I think Terrell Owens one of the greatest, and not the top four, top five best wide receivers ever to play the game. And, and what the the NFL and what some of these players have done to him is uncalled for, and that's why he never showed up to the you Hall of Fame. You know why though? I disagree with you. Tony Gonzalez, squeaky clean, right? Another Colt wide receiver that's pretty damn good. Reggie Wayne, squeaky clean, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can name guys that win this. Deion Sanders, squeaky clean. Deion Sanders was not squeaky clean. He was squeaky. No, he wasn't. What trouble are you getting? Deion Sanders had a lot of trouble when he went to play baseball, when he went over there to that, Cincinnati. That's not trouble. And the Braves. He, he did stupid things on and off the field. And, and, and listen. He got attention, but that's not trouble. And, no, but the, if you look back, and I, I again, I can't, I can't skim through it right now. Deion Sanders had his trouble on and off the field. When he, and when you're an elite player, we all know uh, – we all know a defensive linebacker that played for the Baltimore Ravens. He killed somebody. Remember him? Ray Lewis? Terrell Suggs is squeaky clean. He killed somebody. Ed Reed And not all magic, imaginarily just disappeared. He just disappeared. Gronk's squeaky clean. Gronk is squeaky clean. Are you kidding me? Gronk. Gronkowski. I never am heard am I missing something wrong? here? No, he, I, it's not about doing anything wrong. He, dancing on a ship with his clothes off, throwing the trophy oh, off, throwing that, the that trophy. Yeah, he's in the tabloids. <laughs> Let's say he's in the tabloids for the fun reasons. Right. That's not, he's a, that's, you that's can not be fun. fun. That's, not, that's not fun. I mean, people look at it as Find it, somebody that hates They're talking about, I'm not saying that people hate him. It's incompetence, and that's what people look at. Gronkowski, he's had his problems with Tom, Listen, uh, you know, Tom Brady. If I had to go drinking with one guy. Bill Belichick. If I had to go drink, well, I'll make it two because I think Tom Brady's a ton of fun too. If I had to pick one guy in the NFL though to go drinking with, I'm probably picking Grunk. Stuck says Reggie White was squeaky clean. Reggie White was squeaky clean. There's a lot well, of well, great players that were squeaky clean, but more, more and more when you look at the superstar players, Joe Montana, Barry uh, Sanders, squeaky, squeaky clean. Barry Sanders, he, squeaky he, clean. He retired so early in his career. Doesn't okay. matter. Calvin Johnson, squeaky clean. Again, these are guys are quiet players. They were superstar players. They didn't really say anything. They didn't. As a matter of fact, Barry Sanders hated to be in front of the camera. Hated still to this day. Do you see ever? Do you ever no. see, see Barry Sanders? No. Very rarely he did some things for prize Sketchers. money and stuff like that. He'll you'll see Barry Sanders here and there in a commercial. Very rarely. 
Barry Sanders does not like to be in front of the camera. I agree with you. Michael Shahan loves it. Okay? Right. Tom Brady loves it. Aaron Rodgers loves it. These guys love it. Actually, Aaron Rodgers don't even love being in front of He's another one that really doesn't love to he be in front of He just dates a lot of celebrities. So yeah. they're in the camera. He's yeah, in the camera. he's going to marry a celebrity now. So he's going to he's, he's going to be stuck in and wants to do Jeopardy, you know, in the future and all this other stuff. He's going to have to be. But, well, I guess that's technically in front of the camera, so that would count for something. I mean, Peyton Manning loves to be in front oh, of yes. the camera. Oh, Eli yeah. doesn't. Eli really doesn't. But Peyton drags him because he's a Manning. So I think Eli's actually the more entertaining of the two of them. No way. <laughs> Eli, Eli's, Eli's funny. He's funny, but he's not Peyton Manning. Right. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen the skits in Saturday Night Live? I mean, come on, man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they're hilarious. When he plays right, with those, those are professional writers writing that. It doesn't. Eli's nah, but funny. you still need the personality you need to do the that. Personality to you do need that. the personality you to do that. You see Eli Manning right. throwing people, throwing footballs at people, little kids' heads? No, but that, I don't. Hold on. The funniest commercial I've seen in recent memory was him and Odell doing the dirty dancing bit. Oh, that that's true. That was, that was, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, that has a lot to do with Odell Beckham. I mean, Odell Beckham was, you know, he's a it's personality. It's a written himself. program, it's, just like Saturday Night Live. It's still, it's still the guy that really made that commercial funny was Odell Beckham. I mean, but I think he's right though. In the sense of like two opposites, like it worked perfectly for the each other. Because Eli Manning's much more of the like the quiet humor type. But he like uh, when we had uh, last year when we had Von Hutchins on the show, he was saying like they both have their own sense of humor. It worked well for each other type thing. And Eli's a lot funnier than people give credit for. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I'm I'm going back to what we were talking about and looking at, and I don't know how we got into this conversation. Uh, the fact is, is that when you're a superstar player in this league, you're going to be the center of attention. It's just – it's the way it is. And if you make one bad mistake, you're no longer squeaky clean anymore. And you're always going to be remembered. And how do you hide those deficiencies on what you've done on and off the field is when you win. And that's – say whatever you want. Tom Brady's done some things, but nobody's going to remember. I just mentioned a bunch of them. The flake gate was bullshit. Him kissing his son, that was a big story. Um, some of the things that he's done – hold on. Some Everyone of the things – Some of the it's things – a little weird, yes. Some of the things that he has done, and I can, I, if I look back, there are things that Tom Brady has done on and off the field that people didn't like. Okay, The fact is, because of who he is, he is going to be the center of attention. All right, He didn't kill anybody. Aaron Rodgers didn't kill anybody. All right, he didn't, he, he, he didn't get a shot. He didn't get his vaccination. So everybody wants to jump off the ledge that he lied. He fine. should have been suspended. That's fine. Great. He didn't kill anybody. And, and again, he could have. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. This whole COVID's hour, a killer. Whatever. The fact is, is he didn't do anything. And the fact the fact is, is when we keep going back and forth and making fun of her, looking at somebody and attacking somebody because of what he's done in his own way or his own thought. You know, what he did was wrong, and he, should, he got fined for it, and he should have been suspended. He shouldn't be lying. The, the league told you, you know, if you don't want the vaccination, you wear your mask when you're, when you're talking to the press. He didn't do that. So he was wrong. And I, 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 and he apologized for it. He apologized on McAfee, uh, on Pat McAfee's show. By the way, who got thirty? I'm got sure a 30 Antonio minute. Brown's apologizing now, but it's still, guess what? He's still suspended. He's suspended three games along with uh, Mike. Oh, Edwards he's going to get safety. cut. He's going to get cut. He They're should release him. I, he should. I don't think he'll get cut. Brady, I think Brady likes him too much. Uh, no, Bell, Bruce Arians didn't want him there, and even when they were winning, you he could tell be, Arians didn't. He like should him. be cut. 
Well, again, I, I think Brady still has a lot of say with that, so I don't know if he'll get caught. Cut. I, 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 he might not be there after this season, but I think they'll ride out the season with him. He should uh, be cut. He's gonna get cut. I think he should be cut because uh, honestly, he, to me, all uh, that dog because you wouldn't cut Aaron Rodgers. What? What do you mean? You wouldn't cut Aaron Rodgers. What? Doing what he did? It's the same thing. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's different when you're a quarterback on a team. It's different. It's slamming. Lying is lying. Lying is lying. But first of all, was it the COVID thing that is why he got fined? And that's why yeah, he, he had a fake vaccine card. A fake vaccine card. And he also said some things about um, the league. And, and he said something. Now, Aaron Rodgers, you say whatever you want and what he's done with the vaccine and, and the vaccination. He didn't attack the league. He didn't attack the s- certain players on his team. He actually. Uh, he had, there were reports coming out that he was having a bitch fit that the media released it. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers was irate that we found out that no, he that's lied. No, that's not why he was irate. He was irate that the way the, the, the press came at him through the situation, that if – no, by the team. The team should not have thrown him under oh, the bus. Well, the team should have not thrown him under the bus. They shouldn't have because they also allowed him to lie. So, uh, But the team threw him under the bus, and that's why he was upset, and that's why he was irate. It was because of the team. That the team that he's playing for, that he has won for over and over again. So, to me, I, I don't know. Stug says, Gronk is the frat bro you always wanted to hang out with. Yeah, that's probably a good analogy. I don't know. I like everything Tom does on and off the field. All hail the Brady Goat. It figures, yeah, you know, has a lot to do I with agree. it because you're – that has a lot to do with it because you're a friggin' first of all, you're a Patriot fan and you're from Boston. And that's why you think that. But anyways. Snug's a Bostonite too? Yes, he's from Boston. Oh. He's from Boston, now lives in Sacramento. So he's he's in, he's huh. like, he's he inher- went from being a king to a queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's inherited the Kings and the and the Sharks, but he will still root for the Patriots and the Red Sox. Mm. Well shit. I wouldn't give up the Bruins for the Kings right now either. So no, Andre Sacramento Kovatar, Kings, by the way, Sacramento Kings and, and oh, San Jose oh, 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 Sharks. Oh, oh. I, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Freaking uh, oh, no way. So before we uh, we get our guest on, uh, I want to go through the games this week and we're doing picks now and skim no, not through picks. it. Not picks. No, recaps. I want to go through the games this week that really stood out to me. Hold on one oh, second. Recaps. Huh. We got a call. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I, let's go through the games because I'm reading a text and you guys can't do anything without me. So um, that's fine. Nobody said not for you to talk. So whatever you said, I'm sure there's a bunch of comments (laughs) saying don't let Tyler talk. Well, not yet, but you're gonna you might be triggering them at this point. (laughs) Your thoughts to Cowboys in Washington this week? Go ahead. A lot good pit. Oh, I'm sorry, Speedy. Go ahead. I was gonna say uh, the Cowboys went up early. Unfortunately, McLaurin getting hurt for Washington not really ideal for the rest of their offense, and this could be a big problem for them if they don't have McLaurin in certain games. They left the game with concussion protocol. They really show they don't have a lot of the offensive depth going forward. And their defense, while they did hang tough in the second half, still is a tough matchup for them, even with Dak Prescott not playing the way he should. So I actually disagree. Well, you're right. But I also think that there are more take positives for the Reds, the football team, than there are the Cowboys. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not happy with that win at all. Dak Prescott has not looked good. Zeke did not run the ball well. The receivers are being the receivers, but that's great. means nothing if Dak's missing them by 10 feet. And um, the defense, to me, they're, they give up too many big plays. They give up too many big plays. They allow too many long drives. Yeah, you're a turnover machine, but eventually those interceptions, receivers, the quarterbacks are just going to go, we're not throwing the ball there. Trayvon Diggs is the only cornerback taking the ball. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm the Washington football team, 
I feel very confident right now. I'm in the seventh seed. I'm not really panicking about the NFC East division because I think they play again. Yeah, they play one more time, and then they they still so play, they still have one back. more matchup with both the Eagles and the Giants. So the I'm NFC's. not really concerned. I think the Cardinals is their only non NFC East game left because they already finished with the AFC as well. So right. so I'm not concerned if I'm them. I think I can go toe to toe. That defense is freaking amazing. Uh, Taylor Heineke actually is, I believe, second in the league in game winning drives. And Ron, yeah, Vera, well and Ron Rivera is a great coach. Yes. So I'm not – Antonio Gibson's a great two-way back. I'm not concerned if I'm the foot Redskins. See, here's the problem. He was the only player because of McLaurin's injury, though. They really didn't have a great team offense as a whole, and that's something well, that also Washington Also, Taylor Heineke probably got flustered, too. Sure, but that still is an issue for a Washington team that's – when their defense is down as well, because when they got rallied back and got to their playoff contention again, it's their defense finally started to play as well as they should have. And, again, I don't think they played terribly, but they still didn't play to that, that level that we saw them play against when they played against the Buccaneers and either a lot, even some of the other offenses in their division. That's going to show a lot, too, with where their team is. They're still in it right now. They're still in that seventh spot, but – they're going to need to make some adjustments if they want to hold on to it because there's a lot of teams right there. The Eagles, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Vikings all 6-7. and seven. The, the Saints aren't going to get in. They have no offense. The Vikings are not going to get in because they play nobody good well. Uh, they are absolutely atrocious they beat the against Packers. They beat the Packers. Did they beat the Packers? They beat the Packers a couple weeks ago. 24-21. Uh, I, I, any team that hangs tight with the Steelers now, I'm concerned. And they blew a 24-point lead? No. Absolutely. Well, not. they never actually lost the lead, but yeah, they made it close. They, 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 that game. I'll tell you this right now: Pittsburgh outplayed them the whole second half. That sure. game, they, but, they should have lost. See, think, that game. think about this though with the Vikings though, because they have played all these back and forth type games. I think there was a stat that said they were the only team with seven of a seven point lead in every game. So they were playing all those close games that they probably weren't used to being that comfortable. So they maybe they just. Dalvin Cook took the third the ball quarter well. There's no reason Mike Zimmer should let that game even get close. The surprise of the weekend really was the Chiefs and the, the Raiders, where everybody thought that – Speedy, you picked the Raiders. I picked the Raiders, yeah. So did Jeff. Mm-hmm. I would have picked the Chiefs. Uh, and I picked the Chiefs, and I, I thought the Chiefs – I didn't – you know, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was, but I thought it was the Chiefs were going to win by 10 or something like that. I didn't think it was going to be a 48-9 blowout. And, I mean, that has a lot to do with uh, the Kansas City defense. They played so well in that game. Completely shut down a very good offense. And Darren Waller really didn't do anything in this well, game. Well, he's hurt. But also, let's, let's not avoid the elephant in the room here, right? Mm-hmm. John Gruden's absence is really kicking this team in the ass. That's, that's the biggest difference. This team is exactly the same as they were when they were 5-2. and two. So what the hell happened? Oh, you lost your head coach for no reason. Yeah, you're going to lose. Their defense fell apart, too, from where they were in the beginning of the season. Because you lost your head coach. Well, he doesn't, run, he doesn't call the plays on the defense. You lost your head coach. I don't give a shit what special it is. Special teams, defense, offense, quarterback, lineman. I don't care. You lost your head coach. Yeah, but I, again, losing John Gruden, I, I definitely affected them. But they were playing. There were certain games that they played well, and even in the game uh, coming without John Gruden, the first game without John Gruden, they win the game. They beat the Cowboys yeah, that's, too. That's, on that's a rah rah cry. Yeah, we're gonna prove this right. And then what happened the next week? Henry Ruggs, bam! All right. So that, and you, and you think it wouldn't have happened if and then John David Gruden was there? Happened that same week. Boom. No, it w- <laughs> David Arnett, who you wasn't even playing anyway. <laughs> Well, no, but now he's in Miami, so you know Miami loves these things. But oh yeah, <laughs> what I'm telling you is, I'm not gonna say I, I, it might not have happened if John Gruden was there. 
Oh, that's a that's a crop. It might it might it might not have. John happened. Gruden had problems controlling his players on and off the field in certain games. I mean, certain aspects of the season, even in the offseason. Even if it did, it, the team wouldn't have spiraled like it has. Maybe Carr, not. Even Derek Carr looks like he's completely dislodged with football. Derek Carr doesn't even look mentally ready to play football anymore. Well, that has a lot to do with the players and in situation with Ruggs. I mean, he was very close with Ruggs. He was very close with Ruggs. And the offensive line, let's be honest, the offensive line hasn't protected him. He's not been I'm not blaming Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. Derek Carr, to me, is a top 10 quarterback in the league, whether people want to hear that or not. Raider fans don't like him. I, I don't know lot, why. I think a lot of people would say that he is. He, he is a, a top A lot 10. of Raider fans don't like him. I that's don't know fine. why. And that's, I, that's I a mistake. No it is a if mistake. Because if but, it goes somewhere else, you're going to regret it. Yes, but... Um, I, I think the John Gruden absence has a lot to do with it. Well, again, there'll they'll be some good candidates for them in the offseason, I, I believe. Sure, but you um, got to tear the whole team down. I, not necessarily. If this you bring team in a, was built by Gruden and Mayock. If you have you, to build it down. They'll keep Mayock, and Mayock's the one that's going to be looking for his coach. Because remember, John Gruden brought Mayock in. This will be I the don't. first time that Mayock is looking for his own coach. So but, don't be surprised if Mayock brings in a college coach to come and coach that team. Why would I keep the GM? Why not? Why would Mark Davis keep Mike Mayock? Why not? Because your team went from five and two to six and seven. And with all the turmoil, that wasn't Mayock's fault with the John Gruden. It's not not his turmoil that rugs. Okay, it's one season. They were having a good season last year. They were playing great football last year. John Gruden, you knew, was bulletproof. I I don't know if they keep Mike Mayock. Oh, I guarantee you Mike Mayock will be the GM of the team next year. A hundred and ten percent. I would, and he will be picking. It. He will be picking his own coach, and that as well as the GM should. The GM should have a chance to pick his own coach and bring his own coach in. And Mike Mayock deserves that. And I think there he there. There's a couple of. I like the offensive coordinator from Buffalo. I like him. I I, I think he's he fits over there with uh, the Raiders. Uh, the Bills guy or the the Bills the, the Buffalo off- University because you said college coach. No, the Bills offensive coordinator. Yeah. Campbell, right? Brian Dable. Yeah. Dable, that's what I mean. Dable, I, I think I Ryan Dable would be a good fit over there. I he, really do. He would be, but I don't know. The I offense, don't know who to blame right now for the Bills. It's either him or McDermott. I, I don't know. Uh, McDermott, and that has a lot to do with the defense because well, it can't that stop. De- that defense is a top ten defense. They, they top haven't five, looked. Actually, they I haven't looked at it. The they, problem is they've had trouble adjusting weeks. without Tre'Davious White. So. Yeah, the last three weeks they haven't looked good. And when you lose Tre'Davious White, I understand you're losing your top <laughs> corner. Is one of the one probably the best corner in football. And that's fine, it, it, but that's not an excuse when you're a top. You're supposedly supposed to be a top three, top four defense, and you lose one player, and your defense isn't as good as it was. Give no, me but a break. now your two doesn't get two looks. Your two gets one looks. Well, yeah, that's what they have to try to figure out. Obviously, the Buccaneers are a tough first test in order to do that because obviously the Patriot game they just ran all over. They them. got really... depth, but is Levy Wallace a one? We don't know. Levi Wallace is a better slot corner, so now he's have to do a move outside. They got Teron Johnson, who's pretty good, and then Teron Johnson's very good. And they now they have to try to work other guys into the system. A lot of youngsters, probably a lot of practice squad guys. I'm not sure if they brought any other veterans in since then, but they have to rotate a lot of these guys. The other thing too is the linebackers now have much more coverage responsibilities too. In well, Edmonds and Milano love that, so I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about it either in, their, in terms of their skill set, but it makes it 
it makes it like from a game plan perspective a lot harder for them to be as well rounded as they could have been. And as a result, look at what has regressed the most the last month or so: the run defense, which was also top five for a while, which was not, which was kind of surprising for them in the beginning of the season because that was always their weakness if they had a weakness. They Jonathan Taylor now runs all over them. The Patriots run all over them. I mean, you're, now you're seeing because they have to overcompensate in coverage. Now they don't have the same front four. Uh, rush for the running backs. It, it's crazy when you when you look at what's going on in football, and, and especially week 14, because, uh, again, it is so close. If you look right now, and I'm going to look at the, like the standings. Teams yeah, within it's a game six of the through 13 spot. is between 7 and 6 and 6 and 7. The, the Colts and the Bills have the spots right now, and then I think it's the Browns, Bengals, then the Steelers because they have the tie. Then right. it's the Raiders, Dolph- Raiders and Dolphins. Here is that. here is the – this right now, if the season were to the end – The just as close too. If the season were to end, the Patriots would have the one seed. The Titans would have the two. The Chiefs would have the three. The Ravens would have the four. The Chargers would have the five. And the Colts – and Bills, the Colts would have the six, and the, the Bills would have the seven. Could you imagine? The Bills were the number one seed three, four weeks ago. Now they fall all the way to the seven seed. That means they would get who? Who would you say was the two seed? The Titans. Oh. I, Dude, I've had a lot that, of trouble though. beating I'd recently. I want that, though. If I'm Buffalo, I want that. I think Buffalo's only beaten the Titans, I think, once in the last yeah. five meetings. So, And, and by the way, here, here are the eighth and, the way, here's the eighth and ninth seed. They've Look, lost these games mostly for low-scoring affairs. Browns, Bengals, Broncos. Ba- Browns, Bengals, and Broncos have a 7-6 record, yep. just like the Bills. If the Bills lose this week against the Patriots, they fall out of the playoffs. You know who else is in deep trouble? The Baltimore Ravens are in deep trouble, too. They're 8-5, yes, and, and they're only a game up on both the Bengals and the Browns. And, and here's the thing. Lamar Jackson is not 100% right healthy. Uh, you could see he's not 100% healthy, and, and they can't run the ball. They cannot run they're the ball. They're in deep trouble. I don't their think strength make is the running the ball. They, they might not. But I, it's hard to believe. Uh, they are playing the Packers uh, week 15, and that's going to be a hard that's gonna be a hard game for them. And they're on the road, right? They're not even home. No, they're home. They're they home. home. They're home against. They're home against the Packers. Packers. You don't want to talk about the two. It's probably a battle of the two teams that have done the best at overcoming injuries this year. You can put the Titans in there too, but those three teams. Wow. I, I mean, <laughs> and then in the NFC, yeah, the Packers is the one. The Buccaneers is the two. Arizona is the three. Cowboys is the four. Rams five. 49ers six. Washington seven. And then four other teams, six and seven. Four <laughs> other teams, six. This is crazy. This is the closest race we've seen. And you want to hear? You want to hear a real doozy? Mm-hmm. The Lions are one and eleven. They're five and a half games back. <laughs> Fire up the Lions playoff scenario. Is somehow they, they the, have had a tiebreaker on the Vikings. Somehow <laughs> the Giants win their next two games. And they the, could get in. And the Saints, Falcons, Eagles, and Vikings lose, and and the Washington football team lose. The Giants can actually get into the playoffs. Yeah, if only the Giants had botched their, uh, their should-have-been win in Week 2 against Washington. Yeah, maybe you could actually have a shot. And, and the Giants have the Cowboys this week. and it's that, a game, winnable game. that game is going to be close. It's a winnable game, especially the way the Cowboys have played. And they're not 100% healthy at the, the wide receiving position. They're just not. And you can see it. Dak's forcing the ball into positions and places that he shouldn't be forcing the ball. They're not. He's Shame not. Shame on you. They got five, six guys that can go out there and catch a ball right now. Right now, but they're not 100% healthy. I mean, CeeDee Lamb coming back from injury, he's not healthy. Gallup coming back from injury, he's not 100% healthy. Amari Cooper coming back from injury, he's not 100% healthy. He didn't get hurt. He had COVID. Amari Cooper? 
No, he was hurt. He, he was hurt in the beginning of the in season. In the beginning of the oh, season, he was right. hurt. Well, he had COVID then. That's fine. It's still going to take a while to get back, though. He's not. A, none of these guys are 100%, and they all came out with, with injuries sometime this year. And, and they're depending on guys like Wilson, who's young, and it, they're expecting him to do a lot for nothing. Dalton Schultz, too, in the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, I, I mean, and their running game, let's, let's be honest. Tony Pollard. Uh, Pollard, the Rangers scored, by the way. Um, who scored? I don't know. The Rangers just scored. Lukaku? I don't know who scored, but somebody scored. Um, that pained him to say. Here I said it. The Rangers scored. Capococco scored. I told you they scored, so why does it pain me? I don't like the Rangers, yes, but I don't give a shit. How's that sound? I can care less if they scored or not. Stark says, the Sacramento Kings are the Jets of the NBA, and I hope someday... That's, that's, inc- that's incredibly disrespectful to the Sacramento Kings. And I hope someday Speedy gets elected as a New York senator and gets a chance to perform a filibuster on the Senate floor. Hmm. Snug? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> He's got to shave his balls I first. have far from <laughs> ambitions to want to be a politician. Uh, but if you look at the play, if, if right now, if the season were to end, I mean, the Packers get to buy. The Buccaneers would play Washington just like last year. Oh yeah, in the first round, and Washington almost beat the Bucks last year. They were the only team that gave the buck. Well, the the Green Bay Packers did too. Right, but um, the Washington gave them a huge problem defensively. They did, and and this year it could be very because guess what? Washington's running game is much better than it was last but year. So is Tampa's. No, the whole season has been yes. Because Tampa's run game was awful in the what? Leonard Fournette didn't get going until the wild card yeah. game, and then you had Ronald Jones still in on you. Okay, <laughs> I think, I think when you look at uh, the, the the big picture here, the if the season were to end, the Buccaneers would play the Washington football team. Cardinals 49ers. That'd be an interesting Cardinals one too. 49ers. Mm-hmm. That uh, that that would be Cowboys Rams. By the yep. way, by the we'll way, DeAndre Hopkins. That's a big loss for them. Huge. You want to talk about overcoming injuries? First, you lose Watt. Well, they've done it. They've done now it much of the East season. Hopkins. You want to tell yeah. you Hopkins out for the season? He's regular most likely season. out regular for the regular season. season. Yeah, so he'll be back in the playoffs. What did, what, did, what was his injury? Something with his knee. Yeah, That's not good. Did he tear anything? No, it wasn't a tear. It was, it was a sprain. So yeah, He'll be back before the season, before the playoffs. Lower, it, was, it was ruled a lower leg injury, but they were saying a lot more. thing. He'll be back for the playoffs. He'll be fine. Uh, but you'll definitely play in the playoffs. You're not going to. Yeah, they're going to hold him out yeah. the way they have it. Even in the games he has played, he they only use him really. As he a hasn't red had hundred yards yet this year. No, he only, they only use him as a red AJ zone. AJ Green had his first hundred yard game last week. Uh-huh. And he, yeah. He's going to be their new number one guy. He's, listen, I love AJ. Green. I do too, but he hasn't been number one guy in three years. Yeah, that's well, fine. Uh, he he looked really good last week. Hopkins at this point for the Cardinals offense is mainly just a red zone guy at this point because they're using Rondell Moore in space. Obviously, James Conner is running it like crazy, and they're going to get Chase Edmonds back soon, I think either this week or next week. So he's going to be used a lot as a receiving back. They still got Christian Kirk there. So the, and Oh, and Zach Ertz, too, has been a nice receiving addition for them, too. Mm-hmm. So and, and then as far as the AFC, you got the Patriots built. I mean, I'm sorry. Patriots get the bye. It'd be the Titans-Bills. It'd be the Chiefs-Colts. Uh, oh, oh, the Chiefs, they the the Chiefs the would mop too. the floor with the Colts. The Chiefs-Colts. I don't know about Chris that. Chris Jones. With the way the Colts' defense has played this year and, and the running game, remember. We need a break. We need a break what? What wins championships? No, what, we need a break. The, who's got a better offensive line, the Chiefs or the Colts? The Colts. 
Okay, who's got a better defensive line, the Chiefs or the Colts? I'd say it's about a tie. No, the Colts do. The Colts by far. The Colts right now is a top seven defense in the league. And then you have who's got the better running game, the Colts or the Chiefs? The Colts do. And by the way, who's had a better season this year, Patrick Mahomes or Carlson Wentz? No, he hasn't. But I also judge the playoffs, too. we got to see if Carson Wentz, he, yeah, he was on the Eagles roster, so he has quote-unquote experience, but not much of experience either. So he had the, what, the one quarter he played against Seattle before he got hurt, which was unfortunate because he was, he was actually moving the ball nicely. I think they stalled on the drive, but we'll see how the playoff experience comes in. But Reich does, so that'll make it in, at least somewhat interesting. Pat Mahomes has thrown more interceptions. To, he has 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. To Carson Wentz, 22 touchdowns to five interceptions. So that, I would say, Carson Wentz is led. Carson Wentz has, I think, 3,200 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we were, to, you were saying 31-26 earlier. Right? Yeah, and, and, and right now Patrick Mahomes 3,600 yards. Uh, he's got a better uh, – Pat Mahomes does not have a better completion percentage than um, what's it, Carson Wentz. 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 Uh, and quarterback rating, I think Carson Wentz has the better numbers too. Here's the here's the only thing though, and this has been a problem since his rookie year, even when his great rookie year that he had with the Eagles. He's always had a lot of trouble with close games though too. That's and- not what I'm talking about. What wins championships? The two lines and the running back. And who's got better? Who's got the better offensive, defensive, and running back? That is the Colts. And you want to know something? The Colts match up very well against the Chiefs. And if they play the Chiefs, who's got the better coach? Honestly, don't say it. I I, I don't know because Wright Wright has won. Wright has won as an offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was one of the main reasons why they won offensively with Nick Foles. So I, I don't know. I, honestly, that that the, the game, the really the interesting game is the Ravens versus the the Chargers. That that's a a pretty interesting matchup because. Uh, it, it, the Ravens, who have not looked good, Lamar Jackson with the running quarterback, didn't they play this year? Yeah, the Ravens blew out the Chargers. That's right. So the Chargers that won't happen again. No, it won't happen again. I remember that was the only time I picked the Chargers to win by double digits against a good team, and I was wrong. I picked the Ravens. In that game. I know you did. And uh, again, if it's in Baltimore, which right now it would be, I would take Baltimore. Baltimore is a very good home team in the playoffs. They've always been, and it's cold. And if Los Angeles is coming from a hot place. Justin Herbert, yeah, you know, I, I, the advantage goes to Baltimore in that game too. It, I it does. disagree with you. What do you mean? You well, I would take the Chargers. Who's the Smash Mouth running team? Neither one of them right now. Yeah, right now. But who is usually a Smash? The a Ravens smash mouth? normally are, yeah, but they're they not are. running the ball anywhere. Right now, they're not. They haven't run the ball very well. But when they are running the ball, they're hard to beat. Also factor in, too, not that he's going to get every carry like he used to, but Devontae Freeman in his playoff career was very good. <laughs> so, obviously, they're not going to give him the 20, 25 carries, but it could be – efficiency-wise could be effective, If it's too. played in Baltimore – bad, rat, bad Chargers run defense. If it's played in Baltimore, Baltimore wins. If it plays in Los Angeles, Los Angeles wins. Remember, when Los Angeles has to go across country, they're not the same team. We saw them against the Patriots a couple of years ago. They don't play well when they, they have to travel. They beat the Patriots, by the way. That's fine. No, they, they, no, they, no didn't. they didn't. They hung tough in the first quarter. No, they that didn't. Was <laughs> they got killed by the Patriots. Never mind. I'm thinking of a different game. Go ahead. And, and Los Angeles flying all the way over there to Baltimore. I mean, the advantage goes to Baltimore. 110%. It's cold, coming from a hot climate, and you got to travel 
uh, over, you know, really over country. I, I think the advantage goes to Baltimore in that game. Yeah, what can make it more interesting is if, say, one of their division rivals get in, where the Browns, they've beaten the Ravens in Baltimore. A now, if times. Baltimore's. The too, and it could be an interesting one. Now, if Baltimore has to fly to Los Angeles, the advantage goes to Los Angeles. I, I mean, 110%. And, and I, I would say that right now. But. I think it all has to do with where you have to play and, where, you know, obviously the health of these teams. Now, the Chargers would have to win the division for that to happen, but if they beat the Chiefs this week on Thursday Night Football, they move into first in the division. And watch out for Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is coming back, and they're saying he might be back a week before the playoffs. And if Derrick Henry comes back, even adding Cunningham over there to that defense, that defense is much better, and you add Derrick Henry to that offense, and A.J. Brown will be back before the playoffs, watch out for the Titans. Because the tight, you say whatever you want. I pick the Titans to go to the Super Bowl. You get Derrick Henry back and AJ Brown, hundred percent healthy, and AJ Brown will be hundred percent healthy for the playoffs. You're talking about. Yeah, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan. Everybody knows that. I'm not. This defense is a lot better. Adding the linebacker in Cunningham, mm-hmm. they have rushing too has been really good this year for them. And and you add arguably the more prolific running back and, and probably the most dangerous running back in the league, and then AJ Brown. I, I'm sorry. It's it's amazing that the Titans are the second seed right now. Uh, Tyler, you like this one, too. Quietly, one of the best seasons from an interior defensive lineman, too. Jeffrey Simmons has had this year. Yeah, he's uh, he's a nice pick. What was he, 18th? 20th? 19th pick overall. And he, he fell because he had all those off-field issues. No. And he's playing sensational he's, for them, he's too. Not playing I believe they're the third, the third best run defense right now in the NFL, which could be big against a team like the Ravens. Uh, even the Patriots, too, run the, like to run the ball a lot if they match well, up. Well, the Patriots right now. Where's our guest? No, no what, the, guest, the guest will be in, in in a few moments. But uh, the Patriots, are. there's no shoe in that the Patriots get the number one seed. You know, they, they have this. They got to play the Colts this week. The Colts need this game. They really need this game to stay Where into the playoffs. It's, I think it's in Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Indianapolis is the wild card team right no, now. No, but where, where? Indianapolis, I think. I think it's in. No. I think it's oh, in the Indian- Patriots at Colts. Yeah, it's at Indianapolis. Yeah. It's at Indianapolis. And I, and I think, and the Patriots have had problems against good running teams. So I, I think the Colts have a very good chance to winning this game this week. And if they do, and the Titans win, or the Chiefs win, they move all the way to the number one seed. They fall, the Patriots fall right out of that. And, and the Patriots, their schedule. I think their last three games. They, um, what are the Patriots' last three games? I'm, I'm trying to. They have, they have to play Miami one more time. I, yeah, that's I know easy. That, game, I know they that have for two sure. other games. That um, the Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo again this week. They got to play Buffalo. Yeah, I'm missing one NFC team, maybe. No, they play. No, Col- they're, they're they play the, the Colts this week. They play the Colts this week. So Buffalo, Buffalo next week. Okay, Buffalo, Buffalo next. Buffalo week. next week. So Buffalo's going to need that game too. So the Patriots could lose two games in a row. You know what I mean? Against two teams that are fighting for a playoff spot and fighting in the playoff spot. So the Patriots could absolutely fall, fall out of that spot and might even fall all the way to seven it, it, before you know it. So it, it, the Patriots, I, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. They, oh, Jacksonville's their last game, I think. Yeah, that's an easy game. Yeah, they should win easily. <laughs> but you, you just never know with, with those games. But um, but it, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. It, it's the banter here is is with with all with the schedule the way it is and the way the playoffs are falling and with that extra team that seventh team making the playoffs it, it's going to be fun to watch man this the next two weeks three i mean next three weeks the end of the season this is going to come down to the very last week of the season it is going to come down to the and I, and i could see like five teams falling out of the playoffs because of that last game 
I wonder if it'll come down to the fact of will it get to like the eighth and ninth tiebreakers that never get there? <laughs> it uh, might be that weird this year. It's crazy, man. This is this is going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy season. But uh, I, I I love it. I, that's what I love about football. And that's the that's the difference between when when you when you're trying to. Uh, you know, kind of watch what these teams are doing because we we knew before the season started what what the weak teams are going to do, and 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 we knew the Jets and, and I told you guys with the Cleveland Browns, even though the Cleveland Browns have had a a, a significantly on and off season all season long, and has a lot to do with Baker Mayfield history of health and obviously what he hasn't done this year and their running game, Chubb Hunt. They couldn't stay healthy all season long. It's been a big problem. And they're a running team, too. They're run team first, uh, throw team second. And then that whole Odell Beckham saga has affected Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, too. And Jarvis Landry couldn't stay healthy all season right. long, either. So Now he's out with COVID, too. I, I, it, it sucks. It really does. So why don't we go to a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will be talking to SB Nation's blogging, the boys, editor, and chief manager, R.J. Ochoa. Here. On the Sports Lounge. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy, Petey, and Tyler Mothball Harrison. Remember... You can call us at 631-672-3108. Download our app by going to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Download. You can also go to our website and download our app by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Our great stories, all the stuff that we do, all our shows throughout the country. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Well, 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 we have our first guest of the day. And by the way, uh, I know there's a lot of Cowboy fans out here on Long Island, so uh, I'm sure they're going to be very intrigued on what this man is going to say about the boys. We are now talking to SB Nation's blogging the boys, editor-in-chief and manager, R.J. Ochoa. What's going on, R.J.? Great. Never been to Long Island myself, but understand uh, a a wide majority of the population uh, made the conscious decision to be New York Giants fans. Uh, the other New York Jets fans, they really question um, kind of, um, you know, the water that's going around the Long Island area. Uh, what, what, what's what's in not there? Good. Uh, it's good, actually. Leads, leads to these decisions in life. Uh, but it's great to be with you guys. Great to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, soon to be uh, NFC champions for the first time since 2018. <laughs> first of all, you're probably right about Giants and Jet fans because uh, both, both teams haven't won to, to say a lick, but... I, I will say this. The water out here is probably the best in the world because why do people come out here and fly their fly our water to, obviously, their bagel shops in right. San Diego? Right. Or, or I'm not talking about Hampton Bays. I'm talking about our water. No, I know. People the Hampton. Fl- people come to the Hamptons because of the water. I'm not. That, the he's beach. not talking about that. I'm do- talking know, about drinking the drinking water. water. I know. And it, people are flying down our water to pizzerias in Florida, in California. Why do they do that? Because our water is the best. And that pizza sucks. So why don't we? Uh, <laughs> so why don't we get into how you became the chief editor of the boys, and and what made you become a writer as a as a cowboy fan? You know, um, when I was. Um... I really kind of felt like fell in love with the Cowboys. I would say um, my junior year of high school, uh, the fall of 2006, 
Uh, that was T.O.'s first year in Dallas. And, you know, at, at that age, you know, you, you love players like T.O. and you, you're kind of captivated by them. And so, I mean, you know, it just became my life, something I was really obsessed with. And I look back and uh, I wonder what I would have been like on Twitter or something like that back then. I thank God that it wasn't around because I don't <laughs> think it would have ended well. Um, and, and just always kind of, you know, it, it was something that my dad and I have shared, uh, something that, that's, you know, grown us closer together. And, and as a result, kind of been something that my whole family has been a part of. Uh, because of what I do for a living, my wife is, is big into the Cowboys. My mom is, is big, you know, everyone is really supportive of me and my career. And, and so Sundays are, are kind of, you know, the, we have a, I wouldn't say a ritual, but a practice of it all. <laughs> and so it's always kind of been in my family in that sense. And uh, around 2015, after college, just trying to figure things out, I, I really, you know, I wanted to do it. I didn't know what that meant. I, I wanted to blog. I wanted to write. I wanted to podcast. I, I, I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to talk about the Cowboys in, in some capacity. So I reached out to um, um, a, a blog I found at the time. Uh, it was called InsideTheStar.com. I said, hey, I want to write about the Cowboys. And uh, kind, kind of got on there, wrote a couple articles a week. There was a guy doing a podcast. Um, I said, hey, if you ever need somebody, you know, I'd love to be on, you know, at any time. He's become a really good friend of mine. And, and we've both kind of grown in our careers at the same time, which has been fun. Um, and so just kind of was doing, doing a little bit of blogging, podcasting, whatever. I was living in San Antonio, Texas at the time. And uh, about a year into that, there was a local radio station, uh, ESPN San Antonio, had a, had, had a competition they called Rock the Mic, kind of open mic situation. Uh, and I was fortunate. I was really blessed that, that I won. Um, and so that was 2016. That was, that was Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Um, you know, and so they, they kind of needed a Cowboys guy, you know, to, to talk about everything that was happening. And they knew I was a blogger and a podcaster. And so this massive season's unfolding for the Cowboys. It's really fortuitous for me. That, that season also, 2016, was the uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 51, uh, which was in Houston. And, um, and so, you know, to drive from San Antonio and, and you know, they, they told me, like, look, we can't pay for you to go or anything, but uh, we, we can try to comp your meals a little bit. But, you know, if you can find a place to stay, you know, we, we'd love to have some extra hands on deck at Radio Row. So, OK, you know, found some, you know, had some family in Houston, drove over there five hours, no big deal. Um, and, and just kind of got to experience different things and, and little by little did a little bit more. Um, kind of got to experience more things, really grateful to those guys um, for, for everything they offered me at the time. And uh, in 2017, you know, emailed the, the, the you know, uh, founder of Blogging the Boys, said, hey, you, do you have a spot on your staff, whatever? So got on with them in 2017, was, was blogging here, doing like some Facebook Live stuff, just again, trying to do anything and everything I could. And a year later, in um, the summer of 2018, a full-time role opened up to, to kind of oversee Blogging the Boys and kind of oversee our brand uh, and everything that we wanted to do. And so I was really fortunate to get it, and I've been here ever since. So why don't we get into your boys, the Cowboys, or what people call over here, if you're not a Cowboy fan, the Cowgirls. <laughs> nice. Clever. Super creative. Never heard it before. That's right. Uh, Dak Prescott, who I'm a big fan of. I've, I've followed him since he came out of college. Fourth round draft pick. Took over for Tony Romo. Uh, coming back from a major injury in the beginning of the season. Was playing very, very well. I thought it was going uh, moving forward. MVP candidate. Looked really, really good. The last couple of weeks have not looked good. Uh, people have been taking shots all over social media of Dak Prescott. What's going on if he's not 100% healthy? What are your thoughts to Dak Prescott, really the second half of the season? And do you think that this is going to affect where this team is going as they get closer to the playoffs? You know, I, I don't know how you could say it, it won't affect them, you know, given, you know, he's he's the quarterback, you know, he's he's the most important player on the team. And they, they've won two games in a row, mostly in spite of him and, and what he's been able to do. He almost threw the game away last Sunday in Washington. And so 
it's it's not hard to look at at where his struggles began this season and and point to you know that being his return from the calf injury and so that's that's been a a, a pair of dots that people have jumped to connect right so it's clearly the calf clearly the calf and you know Vic Fangio very 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 famously said you know a month and a half ago the Cowboys you know they didn't figure out a blueprint that was something everybody talked about at the time is there a blueprint to beat this team whatever and I don't think there's a blueprint but you know, looking at things, because we're now we're now several games into this. This isn't one game or two games, and it's it's not just oh Amari's out, Amari tested positive, or Tyron Smith's out. This there's there's a huge sample size here, multiple factors, multiple variables. You know, Mike McCarthy wasn't even there for one game, et cetera. And when you look at it, I mean, he's being blitzed less, and that's something Greg Olson talked about on the broadcast this past week. So uh, he's throwing into more traffic, but despite the fact that he's being blitzed less. Uh, he is still under more duress. So in that sense, not to believe me, I, I I hate that people are making up for Dak right now. I would like to see some responsibility put on his shoulders. But, he, you know, the offensive line is folding a little bit. Again, they're being, you know, blitz less, and they're still allowing more pressures than when they were being blitz. Receivers are dropping balls at a, at a higher rate than they were in that, that stretch the Cowboys had to begin the season. Uh, so you've got that. You've got receivers dropping balls. You've got offensive line not necessarily working. The Cowboys are shuffling their offensive line, uh, both out of necessity and because they can't make up their mind with who's going to be their left guard. And then you've got the fact that Dak's just making some poor decisions. And so I, I think he's he's had more time to think, with, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know what, what y'all have heard about idle hands, but uh, they, they don't say that idle hands, um, you know, are, are golden to work with. And so that's kind of where Dak is at. He's just got idle hands and he's thinking way too much and he's forcing, he's pressing and it's um, it's starting to cost the team a little bit. And so I, if, if they can obviously regain their offensive form from early on in the season, I think this is a really complete football team. But right now, it's hard to wonder whether or not they can recapture that. So Trayvon Diggs has been a very interesting player this year. He has nine interceptions, but in the second half of the season, he's allowed a lot of big plays, getting back to a lot of penalties. And as a whole, the team defense hasn't been – it's been good, but it still hasn't been to that same level it was in the beginning of the season when they had that fast start. So are you concerned about Trayvon Diggs with these big plays, or do you still think he's a lockdown corner that he's been all season long? And how, how what impact do you think it'll have on the team defense? I don't think anybody ever thought he was a lockdown corner. I think, you know, the, the, the interception streak was really fun at the beginning, right? Like, this is crazy. How is he doing this? You know, th- this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. Um, and then it became obvious that, okay, he's either picking these balls off or he's, he's getting beat, right? Like, he's, you know, the, the, the common terms, common, you know, discussion was that he's, he's hit or miss, he's, he's, he's swing or miss, whatever. Um, he's, he's big play one way or the other. Um, and that was kind of who he was. I mean, a, a lot of people saw the game in New England. He had the pick six off Mac Jones that, that wheeled them back into that game. And then like two plays later, Mac Jones hits Kendrick Bourne for a 75 yard touchdown. And that's kind of been who, who the defense was for a long time was they were, you know, we're talking three and out or, or turnover or just like big play to, to kind of, you know, allow a score. And interestingly, this, this last game against Washington was kind of the best game that Trayvon has had uh, as far as like being a pure corner uh, traveled with Terry McLaurin, shut Terry McLaurin down. Granted, Terry did get hurt uh, in the game, which sucked, but, and, and did have the huge play that Cam Sims had on him. But I mean, look, it was a stupid, you know, stupid, amazing catch. I mean, that, that happens to the best of guys. So I really am not worried about Trayvon. I, you know, the defense looks amazing right now. They're, they're causing all these turnovers. They've gotten scores in back-to-back games, but there is the context that's necessary that, you know, they played Taylor or Taysom Hill and then Taylor Heineke with a little bit of, of Kyle Allen sprinkled in. And so 
I think overall, you know, Cowboys fans have said for like, I don't know, you, you mentioned Tony Romo since since Tony Romo was around, man, if they could just have a an average defense that, you know, this this group could do something special. And that, you know, that was under the impression that they would have the elite offense that they've generally had in, in their successful seasons, uh, which they, they don't have, at least as of late. So I, I think they're, they're better than an average defense. I don't know where I would put them. I mean, are they a top? Maybe they're a top 10 defense. Maybe they're like nine or 10. I wouldn't say they're a top five defense. They're certainly capable of playing like that. Um, but but they have some bad moments as well. They've had a great two weeks. But again, the context of who they've played is necessary. I think they're, they're, they're what Cowboys fans have asked for in that sense. But now, at least at this particular point, they're being tasked with carrying things, which they've been able to do these last two weeks. But I don't know that that's sustainable. You know, if you draw the Rams in the wild card round, if you have to go to Lambeau Field, you even have to go to Arizona. If you play an elite quarterback, I don't know that that's going to happen for them. It's funny, Mr. RJ, that you brought up carrying things. Speaking of carrying things, your running back, Ezekiel Elliott, is carrying a pretty big purse on his shoulders for the next foreseeable future. And yet the best running back on your team, Tony Pollard, does not play nearly as much as he should. Is there a problem in Dallas? It's a good problem to have. Obviously, you have two horsebacks back there that every team would love to have that problem. Cleveland's had it and such and so on and so forth. The Ravens have it, et cetera, et cetera. Do you see a time where Tony Pollard will actually become the starter and Zeke's time in Dallas is up, or they're just going to continue to do this two-horse back system? So I will say that, I, and I, I'm pretty certain I speak for you know, all rational Cowboys fans here, which maybe isn't that many people. But um, No, no, I know. <laughs> n- nobody... Nobody is proud of the Zeke contract. Like we're we're all happy for Zeke, you know. And I, I I'm happy for any player that gets paid. Go get paid, right. get yours. You deserve it. Um, and very happy for Zeke that he leveraged the the leverage that he had. Um, you know, because he plays an incredibly fragile position, which is you know supportive of the argument that you shouldn't pay that position because of, of you know we don't have to relitigate that argument. So I mean, nobody's going to sit here and say th- this is ideal this is awesome that that Zeke's cap number is what it is it was a mistake the Cowboys chose to pay Zeke and Jalen Smith instead of Byron Jones I mean you know that was dumb we, we, we all agree with that it just kind of is what it is at this point and we've kind of made our peace with it I'm with you I would love to see Tony Pollard play more um and and we kind of thought last week would be that game until the, the news of the foot injury came out um, but Tony Pollard is awesome. And I think a lot of people originally thought that Tony was like the scat back, this just kind of change of pace, you know, quick shifty dude, but he's capable of carrying a full load. And so, um, I, I, again, none of this is ideal, but we, this is who the Cowboys are. Zeke is a really important person, uh, to the Cowboys. And, and that, you know, we, we you know, we see that across the NFL, we see that across sports, right? Like there's call it favoritism or nepotism or, or however you want to term it. Zeke is, is close pals with Dak Prescott, right? He, he is in many ways, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the, everybody knows about the star where the Cowboys train and operate out of everybody saw the drone shot on hard knocks. That facility opened in 2016 with Zeke and, and Dak as rookies. And at the time Dak was not, you know, the face of the Cowboys like he is now it was Zeke. Zeke was the future. Zeke was the, the passing of the baton from the Tony Romo era to whatever was going to come beyond the, the, the future just accelerated and got there that particular season with Dak. And so he, he is 
he is this era of the Cowboys. You know, if this if this generation was a poster, I mean, Zeke would be front and center. And so it's it's difficult to see them moving on from him. I mean, b- because of the emotional connection. From a rational perspective, an objective one, should they do it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there, there's no question about that. Nobody's going to deny that. But he does hold a very special place within the nucleus of the overall construction of this team. It's just, you know, it's an awkward situation. And I think a better front office would be better at moving on from him. We are talking to SB Nation blogging the board. Editor-in-Chief and Manager, R.J. Ochoa. Now, R.J., we were just talking about the defense. We've been talking about, obviously, the running backs, the quarterback. Um, but really, these overpaid players. We, we talk about Lawrence getting overpaid, Zeke Elliott. I think Dak Prescott deserves every penny that he got in the offseason, the $40 million. He's a quarterback. When a quarterback, it, when you look at the quarterbacks in this league and, and what they're getting paid, Dak, before he got hurt at all, was doing and really putting up unbelievable numbers. Uh, you can't take that away from him. But the other players, Jalen Smith, who they just dropped, all these other guys that they've overpaid, uh, Amari Cooper, giving him the $100 million contract that they have, and C.D. Lamb, I believe, is the best wide receiver on that team. And, and then, obviously, Gallup, who they're probably not going to be able to re-sign. They're going to have to trade him in the offseason because they're not going to be able to resign him because of their, their salary problems that they have right now uh, going into the offseason. When you look at this team and the money that they've put into some of these players and these stars, do you think that this – this has affected this team moving forward in the future, or do you think that this has helped show the league that the the contracts in the CBA should be up a little bit more? Well, I would first push back and say that Amari Cooper is definitely the best receiver on the team. I, I think when, when the when the season was starting, certainly at training camp, it looked like okay, CD is going to have the takeover year. You know, the moment CD was drafted, it, it was it was inevitable that he was at some point going to assert himself as the alpha of, of even the, the two fellow receivers that he plays with. That has not happened this year. In fact, you know, CD's had a lot of drops this year. CD's had some, some bad moments. Amari has been the dude. Amari has been the most clutch, most consistent. He has the highest passer rating when targeted compared to Michael Gallup and CD lamb. Granted Gallup missed a lot of time. And so, you know, a lot of people, to your point, you know, last offseason we're having the conversation. Look, when 2022 comes, it, it's only $6 million against the cap to, to cut Amari. Mm-hmm. Should we cut Amari? Mm-hmm. Obviously, CD's our guy, and we'll pay Gallup. You know, and then we've got, you know, CD and Gallup for the future. Or do we let Gallup walk? Do we pick up a, a compensatory pick in 2023? There's a lot of ways you can you can play it out. And it's interesting to wonder if Gallup is, is someone they're able to re-sign, given that he missed so much time this year. But, you know, that is, that's a problem for March and, and April. Um, so I, I think the Amari contract worked out. They kind of had to pay Amari when, when, when you know, it came up last year because they traded a first-round pick for him. You know, they, they kind of, you know, made their bet at that point in time. He made them look like geniuses. I mean, it's one of the best trades they've ever made. Um, but I think for the most part, their contracts have, have really worked out. Um, the Jalen Smith one, you know, at the time was not as bad as it looks uh, just he had, he was coming off of a great season in 2018. He had kind of said and done all the right things. Uh, it was a great story. I mean, he, he remains a great story, um, but it just obviously didn't work out. I think that their mistakes with Jalen came after they paid him. I think they were really proactive with a lot of deals and they, they've never really lost a player that they wanted to keep. You know, they, they weren't like in love with Byron Jones and they let him walk. The only thing they really botched, the two things were they paid a running back, which was dumb. Um, and they took forever to pay their quarterback, but they did get it done. I mean, and at the end of the day, all it costed them was their own money. Um, and, and, you know, it could have been done in a more efficient way. 
but uh, but for the most part, I'd, I'd say that they've handled that well, and they've they've proven that you can kind of play the long game as long as you're willing to to go the distance, which they did. But you, you've got to you've got to blink at some point, and they did. They they lost that battle to Dak Prescott. So a lot of fans have been critical of Mike McCarthy in terms of his game planning, certain decisions, maybe not being aggressive enough, which a lot of Packer fans were critical of him too when he was over there too. What do you thought? What do you think of his coaching job so far this year in terms of improving from last? I am, I don't know if I'm president. Um, I might be like secretary of state of uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, fan club, I guess. Um, I, I'm a big fan. And some of that is, he's not Jason Garrett and it's, it's not hard to, to win over a <laughs> Cowboys. I like Jason Garrett. That's first probably of all. all of it. J- Jason Garrett, you know, phenomenal human being. Yes. I mean, there, there's no question about it. I would love, you know, my, if my son grows up to be half the man Jason Garrett is, I mean, I've, I've done a great job, but, um, but you know, just not a great football coach. And I think Mike McCarthy, you know, he came from the Packers and everybody looks at the Packers and they're this NFL blue blood. And so people think the Packers are the same thing as the Cowboys, you know, Randall Cobb after his first game with the Cowboys, uh, you know, post game in the locker room said, you know, this is like a playoff game in green Bay. Like the number of people that are here, this is insane. And so it is a different world. And I do think that early on, you know, McCarthy maybe put his foot in his mouth a couple of times when he touted himself as this like analytics guy. He, he kind of pounded his chest at certain moments. Um, and I don't know that he totally and fully understood the the wave of criticism that can come with being the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Um, I do think he has learned to understand that. I do think that unlike his predecessor, he has, you know, clapped back at Jerry Jones in, in certain moments and, and not like in a super fighty critical way. Uh, you know, when Tyron Smith uh, or when Lyle Collins, excuse me, was suspended earlier this season, Jerry Jones does two local radio hits every single week. Every week he jumps on the radio twice to talk about the team. And he comes out, he says, you know, Terrence Steele is going to be starting for us at right tackle this week. Mike McCarthy takes the podium like 10 minutes later in real time. He's asked, you know, did Jerry just said this, you know, what, you know, is that true? He said, we haven't decided who's going to be right tackle yet this week. And that was something Jason Garrett never did. And it's because he never had the currency to do it. I mean, Mike McCarthy does. And I think, you know, a lot of general NFL fans are never going to ever give Mike McCarthy any shred of credibility or credit in any kind of way because he lost a PR battle to Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career for some people. You look at, you know, I, I loved what John Harbaugh said this past week about going for two when, when they did, when they were down by 15 points, they scored the touchdown and all these people freak out and they can't understand what's happening. And he explains it. And everybody's like, Oh, you know what? This genius, John Harbaugh, he's awesome. Mike McCarthy did the exact same thing last year against the Atlanta Falcons when the Cowboys came back and beat them and he got killed for it. Nobody understood it. I mean, and, and I think some of that is people see what they want to see. People see John Harbaugh. They like John Harbaugh. So they're kind of justifying or confirming their priors and people's priors on Mike McCarthy is that he's this oaf. He has no idea what he's doing, but he really does bring a sense of credibility and legitimacy to this team. They have not really fallen out when he's had everybody to work with last season was awful. And and everybody dealt with COVID last year in the, in the first season under it. Uh, Mike McCarthy lost his quarterback. He lost both of his tackles. He had a middle linebacker that couldn't stay healthy. And not that life is in any way less important than football because life trumps all. He lost a lot of friends. Ted Thompson passed away last year. Kevin Green, people he worked with in Green Bay. The Cowboys dealt with their own tragedy with the passing of Marcus Paul the week of Thanksgiving last year. It was just a really down year. So, you know, you you consider that Mike McCarthy took the entire season off in 2019 and, and devoted it to coming back. I have never devoted a year of my life to anything. 
um, <laughs> except for the year I took off in college, which my parents don't need to know about. But I mean, <laughs> he, he took an entire year off. And, and then like on day six of that last year, that's thrown out the window. You know, he completely planned how he was going to return to the NFL. And so he had to adjust on the fly. He didn't do a great job of it last year because everybody was hurt and that, that made things more difficult than they had to be. But I think he has done an incredible job this year. And everybody said the take I've hated the most all season long, you know, was, you know, what if I was Jerry Jones at the end of the season, I would fire Mike McCarthy and I would promote Kellen Moore because I don't want to oh, lose Kellen oh, Moore. Please. He's going to get a head coaching job, though. I, I don't think so. I mean, Ke- Kellen Hope had an not. opportunity to prove that he was ready to be a head coach on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago when the Cowboys were in New Orleans and Mike McCarthy was out due to COVID. And Kellen Moore's offense has collapsed and been awful. And some of that, you know, onus belongs on Mike McCarthy, the same way that credit for this success belongs to Mike McCarthy as well. The reality is Kellen's in his fourth year of coaching, like ever, like in his life. And so, you know, it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't necessarily be as ready for this professional job the way Mike McCarthy is. And so I think McCarthy, I, I, I think he, he understands, I know this is a long-winded answer, the tenor of his team. I thought the the guarantee was way overblown last week, but he gets his team. He understands his team. His highest career winning percentage is in the month of December, and they are 2-0 in December. Granted, he didn't coach in the first game because it was the game he was out. He just, I mean, this this is what we expected. We expected him to bring a team that could contend, that would get to the playoffs, and that's what's happening in his first full season with Dak Prescott. So real quick, I'm gonna, I want to go back to something you said a couple of minutes ago about how you think – the Cowboys won the Raider trade with Farmari Cooper? Oh, dude, I mean, a thousand, I don't even, I can't quantify that much. Like, however much money Spider-Man No Way Home is going to make this weekend, that's the percent that the Cowboys won the Mari Cooper It's going to be a great movie, by the way, but that's not the point here. The point here is that do you know, had you not made that trade for Mari Cooper, you would have saved, uh, what, a hundred-some million dollars? I mean, I... Yeah, but I mean, what, what are the Raiders? Are the Raiders happy to have Jonathan? No, no, Abram? no, 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 no. If the Cowboys keep that pick entirely, you could have had Debo Samuel. You realize? I don't think. I mean, that's like Debo saying, Samuel wasn't going to go in the first round. You, yeah, you could. You draft the receiver. He was the best receiver there. You could have again if if you're playing hindsight with everything. Then <laughs> no, you know, no, I'm just saying it's not a fair fight. But <laughs> I, I mean, if that trade that, that to trade, me is a loss. Debo Samuel is better than Amari Cooper is now. Everybody and thought he's DK Metcalf cheaper. was going to be the first receiver off the board, and he went in the second round. They well, weren't that, going well, high in that draft. Well, the, half, the whole league was wrong about DK Metcalf outside of Pete Carroll's crazy ass. But anyway, that wasn't my question. I just wanted to throw a little jab at Cowboy fans since you guys are the most obnoxious fans on the planet. But they are. He knows it. He know he might not be part of that group, but he knows it. Oh, I'm definitely part of that group. I mean, like this is a team that, that took their own benches, you know, last week to Washington, and and it made national news. Like who that had to be? I would that would be super annoying if I was a fan of anybody else. It would be super annoying that they're visible and in the front of everything. I mean, you like they're we're about to see a lot of the Cowboys. I mean, they're playing at noon this week. But next week, they're on Sunday Night Football against mm. the Washington football team. The week after that, they play the Arizona Cardinals. And if you Prime don't think time. that game's getting all the ratings in the world, I mean, that I don't know if you know this or not. That You will hear this quote a thousand times in two weeks. Over the offseason, Kyler Murray, obviously a Texas native, was asked uh, whether or not he grew up a Cowboys fan. And he said he did not. And he was asked why. And he said because when he was growing up, they were always ass. So um, uh, that will be replayed a lot of times oh, in will. two weeks when they're getting. And it's funny Cowboys. that you brought that up because my question to you is actually about the man that's going to be chasing him around, 
<laughs> defensive rookie of the year this year, possibly defensive player of this year, Micah Parsons has helped that defense obviously go from trash to treasure. Just, trash to just treasure. I don't about that. give him a little bit more credit than I already have. I don't know how, honestly. I mean, we've we've wait, you know. Uh, the thesaurus has has gotten a lot of work in trying to praise Micah Parsons this season. I mean, he's a superstar. He's a freak. He's the fastest kid alive. I mean, as, as Seth Rogen said in, in Superbad, however long ago. I mean, he is unreal. And, and I mean, I don't care what any Cowboys fan tells you. You'll, I mean, you've mentioned it. There, a lot of Cowboys fans are, are obnoxious and they'll say, "I wanted Parsons from day one, day one, day one." They're all full of it. There's no way. Every Cowboys fan wanted J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan because the secondary was awful last year. And that's okay. Like it, it's okay to admit that you Both wanted that. Too. But yeah. Because that made sense. This is, that's what this defense needed. And the Cowboys had the, at the time, the 10th pick, they wound up trading back with Philly. Uh, but it's okay because a linebacker at 10 is not the best utilization of resources, the way a running back at four is not. And so, you know, when the Cowboys got wiped out and they traded back, you know, we had a live show going on our YouTube channel. And I said to you know, everybody watch, I said, what do you want to do? And it was like comment after comment, trade back, trade back, trade back. Everybody was panicking. I mean, literally worst case scenario. And is it awesome that it worked out? Totally. It's awesome. I mean, I, I wouldn't rather have it any other way. But this is like if you had asked everybody to list the 100 plans that they wanted come draft night, this was plan 100. Nobody wanted this and nobody expected this. I don't think this. you guys would have had plan 100. <laughs> I mean, he, is, he has been incredible. And, and last week was really the first time that they got to use him the way they wanted to all, all season long. Somebody has been hurt. Somebody has been on COVID. I mean, the Cowboys have had to play him so many places out of necessity last week against Washington. was the first time that Dan Quinn had everybody available and could therefore use him the way he intended to. And obviously he had a great game. Well, uh, before we let you go, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Uh, I think you're awesome. And I am not a Cowboys fan. And you, you took shots at my jets. You took shots at their giants. <laughs> But it's okay. I still love you, man. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. I'm on the fence. (laughs) Oh, well, first of all, I'm obligated to say that the New York Giants uh, have five losing seasons in a row since (laughs) taking the boat photo. When's the last Uh, time you won a Super Bowl, pal? We've won two since then. That's okay. If my highest point of pride in my lifetime was Eli Manning, I would not feel great. Eight and eight. uh, But – I uh, obviously bloggingtheboys.com uh, is where all of our work lives and operates. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Cho. You can find anything I do there. You can listen to our podcast or, or watch our videos on YouTube. Just search for blogging the boys. Uh, very excited to complete the season sweep of the New York. Not good at all at football giants uh, on Sunday afternoon. The New York giants who thought neat. hiring Jason Garrett. Was I do have idea. one more question, RJ. <laughs> I do have one more question. Do you think Tony Romo, was hands-on in teaching Dak how to fumble field goal kicks, or do you think Dak's just going to learn that on the fly? I don't. I mean, Dak has never fumbled a field goal, so if we're going to do this, let's let's be factual. Well, Tony Romo only did it once uh, too, but it was a certainly bad time to do so. Um, you know, I, I don't think Tony Romo taught Dak Prescott anything. I think that it, that is actually a misconception. People people really think that that Tony Romo was like like in Dak's ear, like Cyrano in 2016, and in reality. The true like mentor to Dak in 2016, if there was one, was Mark Sanchez. That was the dude. Who oh, was like, now the truth comes out. Oh man, don't ever say that sentence again. I'm oh, a Jeff man. fan. I'm a Jeff fan. So we're gonna see Dak run into Travis Frederick's ass. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. If you guys, if you go back and watch the Cowboys, they lost the game, but but their their playoff loss to the Packers in 2016. Everybody remembers the game, the Jared Cook third and 20 play. But if you go back and watch. 
the Cowboys kick a field goal to tie it late in the game. And the, that's the only time I've ever seen Dak be nervous. He, he actually didn't watch. He, he, he didn't watch on the sideline. He kept his back to the field. And the only person with him was Mark Sanchez. He, like, cause, and again, this sounds stupid, but at the time, this was a real thing. Mark, who, you know, at the time in 2016 had already, you know, his, his NFL prime was behind him. And he would talk about how after every game, when the Cowboys win in all those games in a row, he would sit Dak down and he would tell Dak, just take a couple of minutes and go think to yourself and appreciate what you're doing and what is happening because this is not normal. This isn't how it is in the NFL. What you're doing is very, very, very special, which obviously, as you know, it, it was for the Jets in 2009 and 2010. And and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really valuable, you know, thing for Dak Prescott. Mark Sanchez was, was very important in Dak's growth at that time in his career. Well, RJ, I really appreciate it. You, I am not going to take shots at you like the Giant fans. I am a Jet fan. Uh, and you did mention Mark he Sanchez. He didn't single you out. I, that's fine. I, I, I do remember the Mark Sanchez butt, uh, uh, butt fumble. Uh, that's definitely not going to go out of my thoughts forever of How my life. It? That's for sure. But we would left, we'd definitely like to get you on before the playoffs three, four weeks down the road. Uh, I do believe the Cowboys are going to get in. They're going to win the division it, it, unless a catastrophic uh, – meltdown and somehow Washington takes over first place. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they're the better team in the division, but I'd love to get you on again. If, if, if we really appreciate you showing up and, and, and giving us your time. Totally. Anytime. Uh, I would love to just let me know when I agree with you. Cowboys going to win the NFC East giants going to finish last. Uh, again, <laughs> obligated to say that uh, obligated to say Spider-Man, no way home. If you're going to watch it, enjoy. And last thing, uh, MetLife Stadium belongs to the New York Jets. Ah, I love this guy. That's I how you know he's not guy. a New Yorker because no one I on the planet says that. I love he's it. delusional. Him and Guido <laughs> would be best friends. I love this guy. Yeah, him and God, Guido, same brain guys. length. That's Thank an insult, but RJ we won't get into that. Oh, Choa, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, hold on. Before we go to break it, did you, did you notice uh, he did also in the McCarthy question say, oh, isn't that one of your words for Guido? Putz. <laughs> no, but did, I think you've called him oaf before. No, so. he, his head was the size of an oaf. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Sports Illustrated NFL Draft Bible Assistant Scouting Director and Writer Jack Borowski here on the Sports Lab House. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another show of the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Mark. My co-host, Speedy Petey and Tyler, a.k.a. Mothball, Bold Man Harrison. Yes, 631-672-3108 is the number. He got a little angry at Mr. Ochoa. Uh, go to iOS, WWSRN on the Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network I think to download the, the app. The well, I'm sorry? I think it's the star on the helmet. I think it's like engraved in their brain and they're listening like, <laughs> I think it just makes them I not able. I loved him, man. He I was also, good. He was very good. But, he, you know, he was fun. He was a stereotypical cowboy fan. I, if I had to paint him with one brush. <laughs> well, we got our second guest. We are now talking to Sports Illustrated NFL Draft Bible Assistant Scouting Director and writer, Jack Borowski. What's going on, Jack? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. My producer gave me this whole list of things to read off. I mean, you're uh, 
a power of a many different things for Sports Illustrated, as we see over here. Tell us how you got this job, and, and how old are you? You look like you're 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been following football my entire life, college, NFL, the draft. And yes, I'm young. Uh, I'm a freshman in college at the University of Miami. Mm. So how I got that was... I started a podcast in college interview uh, in high school, interviewing uh, college football players, you know, because I felt like, you know, they don't really have that at that time. And, you know, now with NILs, they've got a bigger voice, but they didn't really have a big voice. You know, you know, in the Northeast uh, where, where I'm from, there aren't a ton of college football fans in comparison to SEC territory down south. So I said, you know what, I want to start a college football podcast and interview these guys, give them a platform. And my partner and I, who I do it with, we grew it to 330 interviews that, that we've done. And it's been a lot of fun. And through that, I, I got some writing opportunities turned into um, SI and, and covering the draft for them. Because uh, my favorite part about the NFL is the draft, finding new players who are going to be good down, down the line and everything. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed it, and it's been a lot of fun and added another element to the whole process of just watching football in general. So I, when I found out you were coming from the University of Miami, I grew up a Florida State University fan, okay? FSU <laughs> was my team. Uh, in the 90s, it really was dominated by FSU and University of Miami. I mean, you talk about all the draftees and drafters that were drafted in those years it was dominated from for really for five or six years uh you look at the first and second rounds they were really from the university of miami and florida state university so i i, I wasn't too happy when i found out that you were from you uh, uh university of miami but you look like a nice kid so why don't we get into this year's draft okay um the jets being that we're here in new york new york we have the jets and the giants that could predominantly have uh, four, well, two for the Jets and two for the Giants, top 10 draft picks. It's crazy. And then you have uh, the Eagles that could have three first-round draft picks. I, I mean, it, it, and, and oh, I'm sorry, Detroit has two first-round draft picks this year. I, it's crazy. Uh, when you look at the first five picks of this year's draft, uh, where do you see some of these teams and, and some of these players fitting. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the top five, it's most likely going to be some form of Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, and then the Jets and the Giants in uh, some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think that, you know, it starts with the two edge rushers who a lot of people are talking about. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who's a senior, finished second in uh, Heisman voting, uh, was had one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen against Ohio State really was one of the main reasons they were able to be an extremely talented team and a high-powered offense. Hutchinson, um, background on him, you know, he was and played second fiddle to Hayden Hutch, uh, to Quiddy Pay, sorry. He wasn't the guy coming in. You know, it was Quiddy Pay's team. It had been, you know, they had a lot of good edge rushers. Both of them, junior year, you know, Quiddy was the guy. And then Aiden's kind of taken over this year after a leg injury was the reason he actually came back to school. So Aiden's taken over. And I, I think when you compare him to an NFL player, 
it's JJ Watt, you know, his, his versatility, what he brings to the table. Watt, similar there. You could also say Joey Bosa, too. Really big edge rushers who can get after the quarterback with, with a mix of power and bend off the edge. Hutchinson, to me, is the best player in the draft. And I think with a team like Detroit or Houston, who are in a huge rebuild mode, they need to get a player like that because he's going to come in and he's going to be a culture builder and he's going to set the tone defensively. And, you know, there's nothing to him other than he's going to go out there and produce. Uh, like blue collar kid, play, plays for the Wolverines now. He's from Texas. So if Houston um, ended up with the first pick. I know he'd be fine going to whatever they have going on down there. So Detroit or Houston, whoever gets the first pick, I think one of those two teams will. I think they go with Hutchinson, the second best edge rusher in the class. Most likely it's going to be one of those two guys, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. He's more of your speed rusher, really talented player, five-star recruit coming out. He'll be a true junior, was thought of to be the number one guy going into the season. Hutchinson surpassed him in my opinion, but I think those two are the guys. And then, yeah, just say Jacksonville is looking at three. The draft falls off a cliff. This is a terrible draft class. I love Hutchinson. He's not on the level of a Chase Young. He's not on the level of a Miles Garrett or Jadavian Clowney as the prospect. He's below that. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is good, but I'm not looking at a clear-cut top-five pick because when I watched him, and you specifically watched the Utah game, which was their conference championship game, and you think Utah, he's going up against Braden Daniels and a – just a mix of pretty mediocre offensive linemen. He didn't look that good. So, you know, there's some concerns with him. He didn't get that much better, in my opinion. He'll probably be the second guy. And then after that, you you got a whole host of prospects that I think are pretty mediocre and don't come close to what we had talent-wise in last year's draft. Uh, You guys were just talking about Micah Parsons. You know, Micah, what, what he brought to the table and his potential, I don't think anyone in this class has what he has, and he went 12th overall last year. So uh, I'm sorry for you Jets and Giants fans out there who are going to have very high draft picks this year and multiple because it's not the year to have them. You know, if you need a quarterback, I love Kenny Pickett out of Pitt, but, you know, you don't have a Trevor Lawrence or, or even what Zach Wilson or Justin Fields were as prospects. There's a huge drop-off. So I think you have the two edge rushers at the top, Pickett's the top quarterback. I think outside of that, Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama, he's going to be a Mackay Becton type. Um, Come in day one, start for you at left tackle. You don't got to worry about the position for a decade. He'll probably be a top five pick. And then probably rounding out, I'd go Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. I wrote an article. I think it was a hot take, but I think Kyle Hamilton's best safety prospect is since Sean Taylor, if we're going to go to the University wow. of Miami route. Hold on one second. Didn't you just say that this is not a good draft? Now you're talking about this it's a guy. Safety. Hey, we're not talking about a top a tier. It's, it's still a talent. They could get to the quarterback and and, and, and obviously defend the, you know, the defense and, and run that secondary of football. So I, I that's that's a good player. I mean, that's adding a good piece to your defense. Yeah. No, I, I think he's going to come in by year three, be the best safety in the NFL. Wow. It's one of those things, six foot four, 220 pounds. You think about a player like that and and you think in the box hitter, this kid's got deep free safety range. Like you you can leave him out there. He's going to make plays. He can blitz. He can make plays. He's a mix of a lot of really good players. Like if it was my choice and I had to put a guy as like the top player, not taking into account positional value, he'd be that guy. It's just, at what point do you take a safety? 
Um, and you know, is it five or is it eleven or twelve? If it could change, if he could change your defense, you take him as early as you possibly can. I, I'm with you on that. I, I just don't know if an NFL team will, um, because you know, needs at tackle, defensive ends seem to kind of. Are, are, are the main focus. And then you have a couple cornerbacks in there who I think are pretty good. Derek Stingley from LSU is a, a big name who people have been talking about for years now was the best cornerback in college football as a freshman. Wasn't that good as a sophomore and got hurt as a junior. So you're kind of basing his draft stock off of measurables and freshman tape. How much do you want to do that? May make you a little nervous. Still think he's a top 10 talent um, in this year's class, but just overall takeaways from scouting these guys is, it's not the. It's not a year that you have a. You want to have a big need uh, to find a generational c- kind of quarterback. Last year we had Trevor Lawrence. Mm. You could have said the same thing about Joe Burrow the year before. Kyler Murray was exciting, and and we've seen what he's been able to do in the NFL. You don't really have that at quarterback. There's no elite receiver like a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle. No Kyle Pitts. I like Evan Neal, the Alabama tackle I mentioned, but you know he's no Suell or Rashawn Slater in my opinion. So yeah, it's, it's just a, a weak class as a whole. So you answer my Kyle Hamilton question. So I'll go back to the Jets and the Giants. So with the Jets and the Giants right now, there are two top ten picks. The Jets are four and seven right now. The Giants are five and six at the moment. And you were talking about it with Thibodeau and 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 Aiden Hutchinson and other guys that could go in that top three. Also factor into Detroit and Houston both need a lot of draft picks. They traded a lot away because they've had a lot of bad contracts. And they need a lot on their particular rosters. Detroit got some, obviously, from the Rams now with the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford swap. But could you see a scenario where the Jets or Giants might consider trying to trade up or also trying to trade back, too, if maybe, like you're saying, maybe there's not an obvious top 10 guy, an obvious pick there. Maybe they accumulate more quantity than quality. Yeah, I'd go more quantity in this year's class. I think you have to factor in the COVID year, giving guys extra eligibility. It's a really deep draft. There's going to be guys drafted rounds five through seven in this year's class or even go undrafted who last year could have been top 100 or fourth round picks. There's a lot of depth. So in terms of that, I think moving back is the way to go for both teams. I think acquiring picks for the future. Because when I look at this quarterback class, the quarterback position drives the draft. I mean, that's basically, it drives the NFL. That's how it works. If you want to go out there and you want to change your franchise, it's probably not going to happen by trading up, in my opinion, to get a Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau, who I just touched on, aren't on the level of Chase Young or a Miles Garrett as prospects. So they're going to be really good players, in my opinion, but I don't see them being like these elite level difference makers that you'd want to trade up to get. I think trading back is the way to go. The thing is, you know, to make a trade, you need a partner. And who's going to want to move up to get the quarterback? That's really the position that you you would think. I don't see a team trading up for Kyle Hamilton. I don't see a team trading up for Derek Stingley because it's a really good cornerback class as a whole. So I think the trade partner is going to matter. And when you're sitting there, Jets and Giants, when it could be a strange situation where you're controlling four (laughs) picks in a row, Like, what do you do there? Could I see a team like New Orleans trading up for Kenny Pickett? Absolutely. But like Philadelphia probably this year isn't going to trade with the Giants. So like, you know, are they Jets? They could trade with the Jets. They could trade with the Jets, but you have three first round picks. Mm -hmm. Do you want I think it's for Kenny Pickett. I really think the only trade up scenario I could see Matt Corral to me, the other quarterbacks, Corral, Howell, Carson Strong, Desmond Renner. They don't have 
what it takes, in my opinion, if I'm sitting there with Philadelphia with three first-round picks. I'm going to trade all this capital to the Jets to move up to get one of them. I just don't think they're good enough to do so. I'd rather sit back and take one if they fall to me, similar to what the Patriots did last year with Mac Jones. Did I, I, I like Mac Jones as a prospect. Did I think he was worth trading up for? No, I thought they got good value at 15. That's where he should have gone. I didn't think that it required trading up. So I think, unfortunately, for the Jets and Giants, it's going to take a partner to move up. I just don't think there's enough QB talent there that it will get done. I mean, obviously, there are trades for other positions, but um, we tend to see it for quarterback. I just can't see that being the case this year. So you brought up a good point about this being a very deep class, not maybe really full of the future Hall of Fame names, but there is going to be a lot of talent that's serviceable throughout the their NFL longevity. So in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, Who's going to be the hidden gem that you go, yep, everybody missed on this kid, and that's a damn shame? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with one, and it's tough because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking every guy I like is going to be a huge riser and, and go top 100 in the second round. But if there's a guy who I don't get to see a ton of attention uh, surrounding, Darian Beavers, linebacker from Cincinnati, kid's six foot four and 255 pounds right now. I think he's going to play in the 260s zavin collins i think this kid is a very similar <laughs> just prospect somebody very happy collins. and i mean when he when you look at what he can do he's your perfect patriots type linebacker the kyle van noy jamie collins type kick and rush the passer has incredible range moves well you put on his cincinnati film i think you know since he they're a top four team in the country but they still don't get the attention they deserve I think the kid's going to run in the four fives at six foot four, close to 260 pounds. That's unheard of the way he plays. I think he's really good. I think he's going to rise. Could that make him a top 100, even maybe second round pick? Yes. But based off of kind of where the general media has him, um, I, I definitely see him as a guy who, if you're needing a rangy linebacker who can also rush the passer hybrid versatility, Three, four, and or, or or four, three. Sam, I I think he's the guy. I really like him, and basically same measurables as Zavin. I think he's going to test better. Unfortunately, with you know Cincy and kind of them blowing out the majority of teams that they play, you didn't really get to see his full talent on display this season. But he's got all the goods, so he's my guy. Um, definitely there. My quarterback, Western Michigan's Caleb Ellaby, if he declares. Last year, I think he had like a top ten, like a top ten highest passer rating ever in college football. Unheard of. The guys he was like on the same list with Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, and then it was Caleb Ellaby. Probably in that fourth, fifth round range is where he goes. Six one, nothing special size wise. Kid outdueled Kenny Pickett early on in the season. Beat Pitt. You know, Pitt won the ACC. This kid outdueled Kenny Pickett. Beat Pitt. I think he's got the accuracy, arm talent, that it factor. He's a winner, and he's he, he's got special accuracy. So he's my quarterback. You need a guy. He could be the Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott from this year. We are talking to Sports Illustrated NFL Draft Bible Assistant Scouting Director and writer Jack Borowski. Now, first of all, just so you know, Jack, I think this draft class is better than it was last year. That's what I think. Not with the quarterback. But certain positions, the safety position, the DB position, uh, the defensive line position, I think there's a lot of good defensive backs. 
Uh, so I do think there's a lot of good depth in this year's draft and stars, superstars that could be made. And one of them, I really, really like that a lot of people are moving. This kid is moving up on a lot of people's boards uh, from Purdue defensive lineman, George Carolafidis, whatever his name is, Carolafidis, what I always mess up his name, but, uh, I watched this kid play. I've read a little bit about him. This guy is a pure blood, a guy that could get at the quarterback. Uh, he's an edge rusher. You can move him inside. He's strong. He's big. What are your thoughts of this kid coming from Purdue? It's funny you mentioned uh, Carl Aftis as the guy that you like the best because over the summer, I had him as edge one over Kayvon Thibodeau. I think the kid's – I think he's going to be really good. Like, I, I think you didn't see what he was fully capable of at Purdue, even though he was a monster. You, you just double-team. Like, Purdue doesn't have anyone else defensively. You're going to just double-team the best kid. Karlaftis came in, well, two four seven. I, I think ESPN recruiting, so five-star recruit. And, you know, he's from West Lafayette. That's why he went to Purdue. He could have gone to Bama, Georgia, wherever. And, you know, came in, Bruce Feldman's freak list. I think he was nine. He, he's a freak of nature. Kid is powerful. I think he's perfect for the modern NFL. And, you know, people always look for speed rushers. I think he's got a great mix of power and speed. He wins in a multitude of ways. He's my guy, too. I love him. I think he's worthy of being a top 10 pick. In general, like, you know, I mock drafts over the summer where I had him one or two overall. Like, I think he's a special talent. You know, Hutchinson and uh, Thibodeau uh, are the big name guys. I wouldn't be shocked if he's better than both of them. Mm. I, I think he's that kind of athlete, that kind of power. Came in as a freshman and was a, one of the best pass rushers in the country. Sophomore year, because of COVID, injuries played a part, didn't really do a ton. You know, so I think people forgot about him a little bit. And you turned on that freshman film, was like, I would take this kid in the first round based off of that. So you look at what he did as a junior, games against like Notre Dame, he just single-handedly was destroying one of the better offensive lines in college football. He's really talented. I'm glad you like him too because I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. A lot of people too. And I think the Jets and and the Giants will be looking at him as as a defensive line. I think both – I think, you know, in in terms of what the the Jets need, could I – you know, if if they're sitting there four or five – I would be fine with them taking him there. I'm like, he's going to end up as a top five player in the class for me, most likely or six, one of those. So I think he's perfectly right in there to, to be a, a jet or giant. Uh, I think he's versatile too. kick inside on pass rush downs, play free four. Mm-hmm. you know, who knows what's going to happen with the jets and, and with the giants in the future in terms of coaching and scheme, you know, the, neither has had a ton of success, you know, jets is early, but the giants, you know, Judge could be out. There could be a lot of turnover. He's going to bring versatility no matter what you have in place at any point. He's going to be able to fit your defense. So uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Carl Aftis. So from the edge to the interior, one of the modern analytic trends that we've seen is a lot of interior defensive linemen getting drafted earlier because if they're more value to the analytic end of a team defense, a lot of top defenses or even teams of defenses that do well in the playoffs have done it from the interior. So in the last couple drafts, we've seen guys go a lot earlier than expected. Guys like Ed Oliver and Christian Wilkins in 2019, uh, Javon Kinlaw 2020, Derek Brown going very early in 2020. And now two prospects this year that I've seen a lot is DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M and then Jordan Davis had a phenomenal year this year for Georgia, the number one defense in the country and historically good. So could you see them going maybe in that top 10, maybe a lot earlier than people are expecting, even though even it isn't a top need for a lot of these teams? 
Uh, with DeMarvin, he's unique in that he doesn't play defensive tackle, but he's going to move there at the next level, 6'4", 290 pounds. I thought this kid was going to be a top five pick coming into the season because, as you touched on, people want defensive linemen who can get after the quarterback from the interior. That's what they really need. And he brings that to the table. This year, though, as an edge rusher, he had a down season. He didn't play up to things. Could he be a top 10 pick? Absolutely. He has never played defensive tackle. And this year, he didn't hold up against the run as well at defensive end. So I just worry a little bit about that. He's got to put on some weight. Kid's first step is phenomenal. Violent hands. I, I, I like him. I'm a fan. Do I think he could go top 10? Absolutely. Jordan Davis, I, I, I don't get um, being in the top 10, top 20 range. Because I just don't think he brings enough as a pass rusher. He, you know... If you're a team that, and I heard this a couple days or a couple weeks ago about, you know, a team in the division with Derek, Derek Henry, could it make sense? Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, where you're going to have, those are the two guys you're going to have to stop for the foreseeable future. You know, I, I guess theoretically like, you know, Jacksonville and Houston, but I think more early second round, you know, cause I think of the best nose tackles, which is basically what he's going to be. And, and Vita Vea from Tampa Bay comes to mind. And what I saw, with him as a prospect and why I loved him coming out. I saw some juice as a pass rusher, which is he's translated that in the NFL. I don't see that with Jordan Davis. I wouldn't take him uh, that high just because, you know, in terms of getting after the pass or being able to play three downs, I don't know if he has it. The media loves him. A lot of people in the draft community think that he's worthy of that top 15 selection. I wouldn't want if I, this, if it's my favorite team or the team I'm running, I wouldn't want, to be the one to take him that high or even in the top 20 or first round. Cause you know, it, it goes back to the argument uh, same with the running back. You can have a difference maker at running back like a Najee Harris, but I, I want other positions. I want tackles. I want guards I, uh, who, who are going to be able to block for that running back. You know, I want pass rushers. Jordan's going to be awesome against the run. We're going to talk about him from 10 to 15 years about how good Jordan Davis was and you know, the, how he changes the way an offense has to maneuver. But you know, we saw it against Bama this past week. He did nothing. You know, you, you took an offense that threw the ball a lot, you know, was going fast pace, was moving, didn't never ran the ball. They said, screw the run. We don't have the running back, and they've got this amazing defensive line. Let's throw it on him. And Jordan Davis did abs- did nothing, and he, he didn't play as much as he should have. So with, with, with me, um, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on DeMarvin, probably top 20, not with you on Jordan Davis in the first round. So you brought up an interesting point that you wouldn't want your favorite team or anything like that. Obviously, the Lions, Texans, Jaguars, they need to hit the next two or three drafts correctly before they become any type of contender for anything. Well, the Jaguars are going to be looking for a new coach at the end of this year. (laughs) Right. And Dan Campbell's done a hell of a job. I don't care what his record says. But going into this draft, I see a lot of teams on the cusp of on the brink of either going back into rebuild mode, but if they draft properly, they don't have to go into rebuild mode. They can just kind of pick up where they are now, hinge playoff team spot. To you, who are the teams that need to nail this draft to be relevant for the next five, six years? I mean, I'll, I'll stick with New York with the Giants because I, I read it doesn't look like they're fully going away from Joe Judge, which, I mean, I would they're fire not. him if I, if I was – you know, upper management, who knows? They may get rid of Gettleman. No matter what, for that franchise, if we're going to just stick with them for a sec, you have two first round picks that are going to be top 10. 
as an organization as a whole for Giants fans who haven't had a ton of success since Eli and they last won the Super Bowl, they really have to hit on these picks. Because when you're looking at two top 10 picks, even if I say the class isn't as great as maybe, in my opinion, as last year, you're still getting two blue chip players in the draft. If you're going after an edge rusher and a cornerback or an edge rusher and another tackle or an interior offensive lineman or receiver, whoever it may be, you have to hit on those picks. I don't think it's going to be quarterback this year. I think the team, you know, if we're going to talk about quarterback specifically, it's New Orleans Saints. You know, they've got an opportunity, in my opinion, to take Kenny Pickett. I think that's a dream match. I think we're going to see a Mac Jones type situation of Kenny Pickett lands in New Orleans. If I'm New Orleans, I'm trading up to secure him. They have an opportunity where they could like the division. Once Brady got is gone, I don't think the Bucks are going to be that much. But you you, you turn, look at what Sean Payton has been able to do even this year when, when they had Jameis Winston. It's like you know they need a franchise quarterback. Even Breeze at the tail end of his career. They've got a ton of talent. They've got the coaching staff in place. They've got Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland. I think they're phenomenal or a phenomenal organization. They need a quarterback now. So I, I think that the, if I'm going to look at two teams specifically, the Giants just in general, I feel bad for you Giants fans out there. Like, I really do. Like, I, I want you guys to be – it's good for football when the Giants are good. It's frustrating. I'm a Jet fan, so I I, I haven't won for 50 years. So the quarterback position's got to be figured out for the Jets. The Jets have been hitting on their draft picks. Yeah, like they, they have. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say like Joe Douglas. I think he's done a very good job. I think in terms of the Giants, if whoever their new GM is, I think it's important for this organization mm. to hit on these two first round draft picks because we look at Gettleman's track record. I mean, Saquon Barkley. I mean. I, I've said this for years. I thought that was like the worst pick in or, the organization history. Because I thought they had a chance. Really? They also it. drafted Eli Apple. I love, that was pretty sad. I, I love you even more. You see, you, you see I, both our guests agree with me in so many different ways. I said that, and I love Saquon. I interviewed Saquon and his father two weeks before the draft, and I said if the Giants draft the Saquon Barkley, right it, will set, it, it will set them back another 10 years. Sam Darnold probably wouldn't have been the pick either, but he was a better pick than Saquon Barkley because at least yeah. you have your quarterback of the future. I, I still like Daniel future Jones. Or what? Jack, Jack, not that I agree with the Saquon future pick either. What? But keep in mind, they also drafted Evan Ingram and Eli Apple. No, here's the thing. <laughs> with Evan Ingram and Eli Apple, is like Eli Apple, you know, at least their process was good. They wanted to take Jack Conklin, um, the Georgia pass rush, Leonard Floyd, I think. Mm-hmm. Floyd, I don't know yeah. if I remember yes. that correctly. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to take a pass rusher or an offense tackle. They just fell in, in Eli Apple, unfortunately. They selected him there. But when the Giants, not to go on a tangent, when the Giants took Saquon Barkley, I'm not going to knock, like, you know, Jets took Sam Darnold. He didn't end up becoming no. good. Unfortunately, that's sometimes that's what happened. I'm going to knock the process, though, of taking a running back when you had four quarterbacks on the board, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, who could have been franchise quarterback. So, you know, you had Gettleman miss that pick. I, you talk about taking Andrew Thomas, who I thought think has come a long way he this did. season. Yeah. But I think it's hard to argue that Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, and even Mekhi Becton, even though he's injured, they're probably all going to be better than him, in my opinion. Like, so you had some missed draft picks. I think Dan, taking Daniel Jones at six. <laughs> what a like, mistake. Like, I thought that was – I mean, I, I didn't hate Daniel Jones. I, I like Daniel just, Jones. I do. He's just – I just I, – I'm just don't think his difference-making quarterback, and he's kind of put them in this weird spot. So I well, think whoever their Josh new GM Allen is has to hit on these better, two picks to at least establish a track record because if you don't establish that track record, you're going to be gone in two years, and it's just turmoil. It's turmoil, and it's just 
nothing's going well for that organization. You've got to be able to find that franchise quarterback. If they don't take it this, this year, I if I'm if I'm them, I'm taking the two best players possible, letting Daniel Jones play this year. He's probably gonna have a similar season next year. And then you have CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at the top of next year's draft. Hopefully you can parlay things to get one of them. And now you got some blue chip talent. You know, I love the Zizo Jalari in the second. I think he's really talented. I think Thomas has come along at left tackle. You got some weapons. Kadarius Tony looks like he's going to be a pretty solid player yep. if he can keep his head on straight. Mm-hmm. So you got some talent there. You know, their interior offensive line sucks. That's not super hard to fix. I think the defense has some pieces. And fix them six blue chip players. And you know, and then afterwards, I, I think that's when you then uh, address quarterback. But I think two teams, Saints, Giants, you have to hit on your draft picks to move in the right direction for the future. We are talking to Sports Illustrated NFL uh, Draft Bible Assistant Scouting Director and writer Jack Borowski. You know, Jack, uh, a lot of Jeff fans out here have been taking shots out of Zach Wilson because everybody knew him coming to this offense. A Kyle Shanahan offense it usually takes two years for a quarterback to understand the lingo of this offense. It's a very hard offense to understand. I think Zach's going to be fine. I think he's going to re- – when he figures it out, you heard what Chad Ochocinco said this weekend about Zach. He thinks he's going to be great. He just needs a little bit of time in this offense to understand the offense. What were your thoughts after last year's draft with Zach Wilson – and, and obviously Trevor Lawrence, both guys that haven't had great seasons, obviously with two rookie coaches. Urban Meyer looks like he's on his, his leg out of Jacksonville right now, kicking people in the ass. If it's not kickers, it's somebody else or hanging out with women underage. Who knows? No. And then There's plenty of them in the, the pool over there. There goes Earl. Robert Sala, who I think is a good coach, still is has got to figure out who his players are, what his players are. I, what were your thoughts to Zach Wilson being drafted and what he's done so far and Trevor Lawrence and where he's drafted and what he has done so far? Yeah, with Lawrence, I, mean, I thought he was the clear-cut number one player in last year's draft and well-deserving of being the first pick based off his track record and how safe of a prospect he was. Mm-hmm. Like, I just assume like he's going to be a top-ten quarterback in the NFL for the foreseeable future. I still see that happening. Like. Jacksonville, worst organization. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't know why they brought in Urban. I don't know what they've been doing for years. I think it starts with ownership is really the problem there. I mean, how do they ever think bringing Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke? And just from the get-go, it was terrible. Urban, outside of Trevor Lawrence, literally only drafted guys he recruited out of high school. Tyson Campbell was a top-10 recruit. He really wanted him, so he took him 33rd. I thought that was a terrible pick. Walker Little, another top 10 recruit. He took him like 45th. He had played like one season of college football as a freshman. He took the guy in the second round. Neither one of them has done anything this season. He took a running back in the first round when he had James Robinson. He still refuses to play James Robinson. Running backs injured for the season, Travis Etienne. It's a mess. I, I, I can't put anything on Trevor Lawrence. I loved him coming out. The thing with Zach Wilson that I just never understood was why you know, the NFL loves big-time school kids. It's why Bama and Clemson and Georgia kids go high. Mm-hmm. They love big school kids. You have a guy in Justin Fields who fits the measurables, one at Ohio State, like a five-star recruit coming out, like seemed like the perfect fit to just be second. And this BYU kid who's not the biggest guy in the world, he comes in and lights, lights up a bunch of terrible teams in a COVID season where the best team he faced was Coastal Carolina and he lost against, and it didn't seem like he was 
that much like, yo, this kid is the second pick and he's going up against guys on Coastal Carolina who they won, but they didn't, they, they weren't the best team in the country. So I just, you know, as a prospect, you watched him, he made some holy cow throws. I, I just didn't like just on, on paper. I just didn't see how, you know, he sucked, you know, cause I watched a sophomore film and I thought this kid was a clear undrafted, reminded me a lot of Johnny Manziel. You know, half the time he's chucking up ball 60 yards, throwing it in between two guys for a touchdown. The other half, he's throwing interceptions against San Diego State to guys who are triple covered. And it just didn't make any sense to me. Then he goes, he has this awesome season. So I was still worried. Level of competition scared me. His play outside of structure is awesome. Inside, I, I didn't love it. And do I worry about him? I mean, I didn't love him coming out. So, yes. But, you know, you got to give every player time. Like, I, you can't write someone off so quickly. Things happen. You know, he he goes from being at BYU to now he's in New York. Like, it's a huge adjustment yeah. for any cute person. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a football player or a normal person. He's got to, like, lead the Jets. You you lose Makai Becton for the season. Denzel Mims, I, I don't know what happened there, but he hasn't been – like, Michael Carter I like as a running back, but, like, they don't really have this established ground game. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, an elite weapon to throw to. The tight end position is pretty well, much more looks like he's going to be an elite player, but it, it's still going to take a little while for him to figure out the offense. I, and, and you're right. Zach Wilson coming from a small school, but we we've seen we, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, and, and really in the last five six years, uh, a lot of the great quarterbacks coming from small schools, and and we talk about Carson Wentz, he comes from a small school. Josh Allen comes from a small school. Don't come from big time schools and stuff like that. So we've seen it. Even Jimmy Garoppolo comes from a small town, you know, a small school. So I wasn't worried about where he came from. What I'm worried about is that the the, the the fans are pounding on him and hounding on him, not only him, his family, his mother. And I think it's going to get into his head. And being that he's coming from Utah, he's from a small city, small, and he's coming to New York, the fans should be behind him so he can figure things out and get you know get his feet wet. And I think they're putting too much pressure on him, and I think this is going to affect him moving forward as a quarterback in New York. It, yeah, it, it will. And like it, it, I just never got the pick. Partly, you know, there's a reason Carson Wentz and, and Josh Allen they all, all went highs. You didn't have someone like Tr- Justin Fields in the draft. Not that I'm sitting here like Justin Fields was the guy. Like, I think he could have handled New York better. Um, like I, I really just think it's it's a tough place to play. I think Zach Wilson could be good. Usually, quarterbacks don't play as poorly as he's had as he had, and then come up and become phenomenal as he, like as of late. You know. Justin Herbert was pretty good from the get-go. Justin, Joe Burrow was pretty good from the start. Tua wasn't. He's kind of turned things around a little bit. But, you know, I think we're seeing, like, now, like, Josh Allen even showed more than Zach has as a rookie in a, a just as bad of a situation. You know, I'm, I'm just nervous. The New York, the Jets, you know, it, it seems to be a struggle at quarterback. I think being where they play hurts. In New York City, it's a tough place to play. Like, you know, and he has played really poorly. So, like, it's not like one of those things where it's like they just well, have one. Really poorly. He's got no one to throw to. I mean, come on, Corey Davis. I mean, no, are, I, I'm not going to think he's a and, star. And say, like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here and telling you, like, I think you got to give the kid time. What I'm sitting here to say is, they Jets fans a, won't. So no, it doesn't matter. I like, know, no and one, that's what's sad. That's what's sad about it. You're absolutely right. right. No, Jeff one fans in, no one in three years is going to be like, well, you remember the receivers he had to throw to in the offensive line and just. 
you know, with LaFleur, he needed time to develop. They're not going to say that. Just going to look at his numbers, which haven't been good. And you, you uh, maybe, the, the, you know, Mac Jones playing in New England and playing well, that's going to contribute to things too. I it's, don't. I don't think it really matters because if you look at Trevor Lawrence's numbers and he has better talent around him, Trevor Lawrence's numbers are just as bad as Zach Wilson's. So I, I, I can't really take shots at Zach Wilson and say, hey, you know what? He's had a bad rookie season. Eli Manning, I mean, um, not Eli Manning. Uh, well, Eli Manning didn't have a good rookie season. Either did Peyton. And, and, and either did half these quarterbacks that start off going into a big city and a big situation. And they're, they're, that's why I'm not worried about it. I didn't want Zach Wilson. Everybody that knows me, I wanted Justin Fields. That's the guy that I wanted. But I'm not upset to have Zach Wilson. I still believe, a lot of experts believe that Zach Wilson was the best quarterback in this class. Now, what they saw, who knows? But Everybody has their thoughts on what these quarterbacks are going to be in the future. The kid could throw. The kid could step in the pocket. He can run. I think he's been very hesitant this year. I think he's been, when he wants to run, you saw him last game. He was running, and then he, and, and he threw an interception two weeks ago. He's running. You think he should be running. He would get like 15, 25 yards. And then he runs, and then five yards later, he throws the ball at a running back, it hits him in the back, and it's an interception. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, his his thought process has not worked. But I again, this is not an easy offense to learn. Everybody says that the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense is very difficult to learn, especially as a rookie. So I think fans need to give this kid a little bit more time to understand it. I'm with you. Trey Lance, he's in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He hasn't played yet. I, he, he, he looks horrible, by the way. When we did see him, he looks oh. really bad. Okay, Jimmy G uh, don't. Uh, uh, well, they brought Trey Lance in because Jimmy G is going to want money, and they don't want to pay him. He's a free agent in two years. Right. So why would you draft a quarterback now? Because obviously Trey Lance had a, didn't have much of a college career. Moving up, they thought that he fit their offense in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But guess what? Kyle Shanahan might not even be there by the time he takes over. So it doesn't matter. So it's like, you know, the Jets, you know, it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate. But you look at, like, I haven't been overly impressed with Justin Fields, who I liked coming out. No. Like, I, didn't, I haven't think it's I haven't early. he's done anything. It's early. Trey Lance has really done nothing. I think Mac's done well, but like I'm not going to sit here and say like Mac Jones is the real deal. No, he's like, not. We're looking at a top five quarterback in the NFL. Like they're sitting Re- at nine. Define real four. deal. Like, top five what? quarterback in in the NFL. He just told you. No, that's not that. That's elite. What is real deal to you? Top five, top seven. So like, you, you know, so is he going to be an elite quarterback? I don't know, maybe not. But that's what people said about Brady. He's a third tier quarterback. He's a third tier quarterback. He like, hasn't that's shown. That's all you need. Yeah. That's true, and that's why the Patriots are in a good position because all he has to do is make those seven, eight-yard passes. They catch the ball, and they have a good running game and a good defense. You can win like that. So he's a competent quarterback and an accurate quarterback. But if you need to put everything on his shoulder, he's not a Zach Wilson. Like, I believe when Zach Wilson figures it out, I think you could put something on his shoulder, make the throw deep. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I thought three of those quarterbacks, but I did think that Mac Jones was the third best quarterback off the board. Everybody that knows me has said that. I have I, uh, seen me and do my picks. I thought Mac Jones was the third best quarterback. I thought it was Lawrence, um, Wilson, then Mac Jones, then was did I pick Justin Fields? Justin Fields, and then you picked the kid who went to Minnesota. Minnesota, yes, uh, Minnesota, Mont, yeah, yes. So, and then I didn't think. 
Mills was going to be any good, but Mills has really impressed me this year for the little bit I've seen him with the Houston uh, Texans. So very impressed with him, too. So we don't know what these guys are going to be because it takes three years for these quarterbacks to develop. Situation matters. Matters early. It matters in general. Uh, you know, but there's a reason Mac went 15th. I don't think the Patriots outsmarted the league. I, I think he's come in and he's been pretty solid. But once you have to pay him, like, are we looking at Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, where, you know, are, are, is he going to be able to get to that Dak Prescott, uh, Matthew Stafford, which is a little bit above where is he going to be, Tom Brady? There's a chance he's all of that. You know, guys have looked good and then fallen off. Guys have looked good and continued to improve. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it's early with all of these guys to, to, to judge them. Do I think some of them aren't helping themselves? No. I think, you know, Zach's not helping himself no. out there. You know, he's not doing anything that, that, that makes you think, but you just never know. And it, it takes time. So I think it's early and it's going to be early. It's early with every quarterback, you know, like Tua was already written off and, mm-hmm. you know, he looks like maybe he, now he's bad to back, but then, you know, you just don't know. So I think with quarterbacks, and it's just the nature of the position. None of these guys, in terms of talent, are outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence, are worthy of going where they do. Mm. You know, most of these guys are way up. Trey Lance played one year of football, not even at the Division One FBS level, at an, the FCS level, where he was good, but he wasn't first round type talent. He went third overall. Mm. He didn't play for. He played. His fresh redshirt freshman season, then didn't play for an entire year outside of one game. They played a game against Central Arkansas where he looked terrible. And then he went third overall. So, like, you know, with quarterbacks, they're not worthy of where they get drafted. You're hoping you hit on one of them. It's a tough thing. You're putting them in tough situations. Zach Wilson going from playing teams like Houston and Coastal Carolina to teams that he's playing now, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. I think for New York, Hopefully he can be good because you guys need some some, some good quarterback. I'm not, I'm not worried about the quarterback position. I, I everybody every and I'm going to let you go in just a few moments. I'm not really worried about uh, Zach Wilson because I we don't know what he is and you can't. Uh, Jet fans already throw him to the the wolves, throw him to the crocodiles because <laughs> because they're like oh ah. Uh, his rookie season, he's 2-7. and seven. He's got six touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Oh, my God. Let's jump off a bridge. Who's he throwing to? I, that's what I want to know. Who the hell is he throwing to? The great Braxton Berrios. I, I mean, Braxton Berrios? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he doesn't have Cooper Cup. He doesn't have those guys. If he had Cooper Cup, I guess the, the routes the Jets that won't the, draft Cooper uh, Cup. Again, you, you, Cooper Cup was a uh, you know Fourth a freak. Round pick. He was a yeah. freak. You know, he, uh, very surprising what Cooper Cup has turned into be as an NFL player. So Corey Davis was supposed to be good. Corey Davis sucks. Corey Davis is one of the more overdrafted I mean, players. He stinks. I mean, uh, Elijah and Moore. And the Jets overpaid him. Elijah Moore, they drafted Elijah Moore. He looks like he's going to be a good player yes. before he went on IR. Five touchdowns. Uh, he was getting hotter and better and better every single week. And he looked like he was gaining uh, confidence. And then he gets hurt. So, and Makai Beckham not having arguably the sixth best tackle in football going into the season. That's what Sports Illustrated, that's what uh, Football Digest rated him as a sixth best tackle in the league. Well, by the way, he only played one game and then he got hurt. So, how do you expect to win when you're talent? By the way, Elijah Moore, uh, Elijah Moore looks good. Elijah Vera Tucker looks good. I mean, the Jets are positioning themselves slowly. They're the youngest team in football. Slowly in a position where they think they can, you know, maybe in two years, 
be I wouldn't I I don't know about elite because we don't know what they're going to be, but maybe they could be an every year playoff team. So we don't know what they are. I think Jeff fans need to stop wanting to be, you know what? Let's cut his arm off. Let's cut his mother's head off. Let's shave her head. Let's shave his head and maybe he'll look like his mom and we'll put her in as a quarterback because she's got bigger balls than he does. I, it, it's just terrible out here in New York. I feel so bad for the kid because they're not giving the kid a chance to let Can you to tell develop. who's the Jets fan? It, it, it's, it has nothing to do with being a Jet fan. It, even if I wasn't a Jet fan, I stick up for Daniel Jones. No, you uh, je- no, you well, do. I stick up for him I, all I've the time. I Daniel like Jones. Daniel Jones. And watch. The Giants will get rid of Daniel Jones. Hopefully. The Giants will get rid of him like that Ryan Tannehill. He will go somewhere else. They will that was use. Different. They will use his skills to other teams' advantages. And watch, Daniel Jones will succeed in the NFL. He might not, he might not be able to play in New York, you know. Look what Mitch, that, that look at Mitchell Trubisky, what they did, what the Bears did to him. Okay, I feel bad for that kid too. He's going to be starting for the Bills. Watch how good he looks. I Watch said this on the weekend crunch. What about, what about this? Daniel Jones to the Steelers. I'm going to be putting Dwayne my Haskins palms up in the air when I tell you Mitchell Trubisky, these next <laughs> game, two games, if he Haskins? starts, Jesus Christ. he's going to prove that he can still play in this league and he's going to go somewhere oh, else. He's going to get a chance to start. That's uh, all I'm going to say about that. Josh Allen <laughs> on the defensive side and Herbert on the offensive side is what they should have done. Mm. Well, guess what? Jack... Thank you for call. Thank you for calling in and joining us. Tell the fans how they can follow you on social media. Yep, Jack underscore Borowski on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. Si.com. Want to find my articles? Just search up my name, and, and you'll get all my NFL draft content. Well, I definitely want to get you back on. You're very knowledgeable when it comes to the draft. And by the way, taking shots at the Giants make me even love you even more. So there you go. We got two giant haters that have been on the show today. And I'm and just... do you see how he's glistening ear to ear? <laughs> That's all right. You know what's important? You know what's important? The New York Rangers won today 3-2. to two. That's fun. all that really matters. And by the way, that was a great pass by Chris Kreider. And... A beautiful pass. A beautiful shot by Zavita Jad. That was set up perfectly by Kreider. I mean, anybody could have tipped that puck in. I mean, no, it went no, right I on the stick. But Fox set up everything. Yeah, well, it was Kreider. That was, let's let's be honest. They, I mean, and no, Kreider, Kreider's they, having a career year. Kreider's, a career year. Kreider's played well. And, they, and right now, even though I think, you know, uh, when healthy, I think the, the Islanders are a more talented team. The Rangers are a better team right now. They just are. They look better. They're a better team. And, and the new backup for the New York Rangers has announced himself tonight. Goodbye, what, Georgiev. Keith Kincaid is... I don't know about that. No, but Kincaid's I, I, better than me. I. I've met Kincaid at the rings. Nice kid. He's a great family. He really does. Even in Jersey, he played better than what Georgia's played like this year. Um, but uh, he's not going to win that job. It looks like unless, unless they trade Georgia. Uh, I which hope I so. I don't think they're going to. Uh, but uh, uh, great Keep show. People. Great show. Thank you. Uh, thank you to the editor-in-chief of The Boys, well, R.J. Ochoa. And – uh, by the way, Jack Borowski, he was awesome, too. Uh, right back to both of them. Tell them what we loved them, and we want to get them both back on the show. They were really awesome. I really enjoyed both of them. Uh, and both of them had very good takes, which we're going to use. <laughs> oh, wow, Anthony Edwards balled tonight. I'm sorry? Anthony Edwards balled out tonight? Anthony Edwards is a great player. So Yes, he is. Um, 
Not surprised. 38 points. Not surprised. And uh, he'll be another guy that they'll trade one way or another. <laughs> Thank you, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> no, I disagree with you. I think they're going to be players. I need I, to trade they, Damian Lillard. They, they are, but I remember, do. Remember, I, I'm old. Remember, Anthony Lillard. Edwards was the same person who said that he doesn't know who Alex Rodriguez is. <laughs> that was a bunch of BS. <laughs> no, I think, I think Alex is going to trade them. I, I do. Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns will be traded before the trade deadline. You watch. You think so? Oh, absolutely. He's having an amazing year. I know. They're going to trade him. I, 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 not what, remember I said this. He will be traded to the Boston Celtics. And Boston will trade Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown will be traded to uh, the Timberwolves. That's what I believe. Um, that he. Would I be mean, it's asinine. This, there's going to be a lot more than that. But no, I know. But that's they're probably going to get Marcus Smart and uh, probably Romeo Langford with them. But the Timberwolves are going to get a lot more than that. No, I get it. But like a big man as good as Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, oh, I mean, Robert Williams would probably be packaged in there too. L- listen, yeah, I, it probably I just, has to be. I'm I, smart. To me, I don't think I. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, Snug says thank you to the B for making such amazing coleslaw. Hashtag time to make the coleslaw. Hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> oh, we didn't even tell uh, Achoa about uh, his, his Ezekiel Elliott take. Please. Please. We're trying to forget about that here. What happened? I, what I happened? Need, uh, we, forgot, we forgot to tell Arte Achoa about a, or the beef's Ezekiel Elliott take. I think he'd probably jump off a bridge. <laughs> you know, I, I think he would be out of his mind. He'd probably say, okay, uh, whoever said that is a moron. But, uh uh, thank you to RJ and obviously Jack for joining us. They both were great. Uh, Jack is young, man. Young kid, man. Yeah. Good for him. Good for, Good him, for him, him growing as a Sports Illustrated writer. I, mean, oh, deserves... I thought you had a joke never. No, no, no. I, I, I give a lot of kids a lot of credit no, for all, all the work mind. that Go they ahead. put into this. I know what you were saying, but uh, I, I, I really appreciate you know the hard work and dedication that these kids put into uh, getting where they want to go in this business, and and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really do. So, shout out to Jack and and RJ. RJ winning his competition in 2016, mm-hmm. which has really gotten where he well, was really put him. Gotten's not a word. Put him in a position uh, of power and where he is over there in San, uh, San Antonio, and now and obviously a Dallas fan growing up. So it, good for him. Well, but, uh, that's unfortunate. No, well, <laughs> because you're a Giant fan. That has nothing to do with that. I just hate all Cowboy fans. I, I think he was good. I really do. Yeah, he I, was a typical homer. Really? What made him a homer? What made R.J. York? Homer? New York. What did he say? New York can't win a football game, Giants? Yeah. Well, he's uh, right. They've won four games. They've only beaten one no, good hold team. On, hold on, though. Hold on, though. Hold he's right. On. They beat one good team hold this on. year. That was the Raiders. Yeah, no, 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 no. We, you can't argue the Giants' success in recent years because there is none. But what have the Cowboys done? No, I know what you're saying. Absolutely the, not. The Giants not have won two Super thing. Bowls. I understand that. That's like that would be like Jet fans going up to New England, and be like, "Ha, oh, ha, oh, what have you done lately?" Like, what? We've won six before you've been to one. What are you talking about? But hey, listen, whatever. But Jet fans Stuck, don't say that. Stuck says, "Thank you." No, that's because they have common sense. Cowboy fans don't. That's my point. Stuck says, "Thank you to Jet Ur- fans are just happy that they're in games mode. <laughs> yeah, Jet fans are happy that the lights are still on. Suck says, thank you to Earl for stay, again telling me I say stupid things, and thank you to Speedy for being so fair with Tom Brady. All hail the Brady Goat. Yeah, well, you know, Snugs, you haven't talked to me in about a month now, and it's kind of upsetting. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you to Tyler for agreeing that a running back could still win MVP. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen, and uh, I can't wait until I tell you I was right again. Anyway, I didn't say he's going to win. I said he should win. He's not. She, he, no, he shouldn't. He, he, to me, he doesn't have the numbers to to win. He, he, you have to have AP type of numbers. He don't have it yet. And until he has two thousand yards, then we talk. If he breaks two thousand yards in four, next four games, absolutely, let's talk about him being the MVP. But he's not going to. So it's not going to happen. Uh, and, and by the way, if, if you were to ask me who's having a better seat this season, him or Cooper Cup, I'm saying Cooper Cup. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. 114, 115 receptions, and it's still the season's not over. Man, it's like says, just like Guerrero Jr. was going to beat Otani for MVP. Uh, and oh. but, so what? I was wrong oh. about that. And you want to know something? If if you look at logic, he should have, and that's just that's logic. Uh, he. In every single other offensive statistic besides two of them, he was the best offensive player in the league. So they gave it to a pitcher that had power. Good for them. I, I disagree. That's just my opinion. That's just uh, – Oh, here comes the line. What? Oh. What? What's my <laughs> – I, I thought the line was coming. What was the line? Newton Beebe's famous line. What's the line? It's my opinion, and that's that. I didn't see. I never see that stat. No, I'm trying. To think. <laughs> that's true. No, I'm trying to think. I don't know if the beeps ever said that's that. No, I'm trying to think of exactly what they I said. say. That's my opinion. No, but, uh, it's, they, uh, it's that's my it. opinion. And what is the you know what your favorite say? line is? I'm Can six and home? zero. I'm six and zero. Which I don't six know where you, you're. You're like more zero and six. But anyway, six and zero about what? Thinking that you're always right. Anyways, I am always right. No, you're wrong. Stuck says, yeah, ha- just a historic performance we haven't seen in 100 years or ever not MVP worthy. Mm, no, kiss my ass. No. Anyways. Well, uh, good night, you. good day, goodbye. Thank you to RJ. Uh, thank you to Jack for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Who do we got, Speedy? So tomorrow at 10 p.m. we have two, bas- or two basketball gets tomorrow. 10 p.m. Clutch Points NBA writer and the head of the video department, Calvin Fong. Tyler, you're like this. He also used to work for the Golden State Warriors. Hey! Finally, somebody with class. And 10.30 p.m., we have uh, The Athletic and Widening Kennedy copywriter and NBA analyst Travon Edwards. Oh, finally, Travon comes on the show. So, happy and happy and happy more that Tyler has a finger up his ass. Uh, That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Shout out to all the fans that listen to us every single week. And no, Curry will not win the MVP. Guarantee that. (laughs) Uh, well, you guys all I argue will, about that tomorrow. I, I will. <laughs> I will guarantee it. Remember, I said that now because Speedy, did you get the Lamar Jackson thing so I can win? Oh yeah, I, I have. I have the clip. We'll, we'll play it tomorrow. <laughs> Speedy, guess who's going to be owing me five hundred bucks? Tyler, aka Mothball Harrison, another guy I that's. Never said Lamar Jackson MVP. Yes, you did. You put him in your top three. That's oh. a fact. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, and you claimed that you didn't. And don't take back what you said because you did, because we could take it back from the show that you did say that. Anyways, um, and you bet me 500 on that too, by the way. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Shout out to all the fans that listen to us. Stay tuned, as always, when you listen to us on our app, iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.